Hello, it is There Is No Thursday Night Football Thursday, December 30th, 2021. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day today. We got Stefan Diggs stopping by out of the Buffalo Bills. We got Rupper, Mike Rupp, Stanley Cup champion, host of That's Hockey Talk, stopping by for some incredible laughs and stories. Ian Rappaport was on the show today. AJ Hawk, all the boys, let's have a Thursday. Bowl season's happening. Week 17's around the corner. 2022, new year, new me. Holy hell, what a time to be alive. Hope this show makes your life a little bit better. If it does, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. There's no Thursday Night Football tonight, although we are entrenched in the middle of college bowl season, which Tone Diggs will break down for us in just a few moments. Oklahoma said to Oregon, welcome to Big 12 football, pal. Hey. West Virginia would have done the same, obviously. We yeah. were losing. Sure. Uh, we lost to Minnesota there in, uh, in uh, the... Uh, I think it was the Guaranteed the, uh, Rate Bowl. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Bowl. No, it, it turned into that, and it almost turned into a boat race bowl. But <laughs> West Virginia did do it. Anyways, we're in the middle of college bowl season. Tom Diggs has an entire breakdown, what we should look forward to, what we should bet on. There's actually a game right now happening, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, mm-hmm. between North Carolina and South Carolina, in Carolina. Losing coach has to get dumped. No, winning coach. Yeah, yeah. Winning coach gets mayonnaise dumped on top of the head. So it's either Mac or the young Beamer. So there's a lot to talk about in the college football world. In the NFL world, we're heading into week 17. And although there's a lot of records to be broken and there's some things that we never thought would be touched that are currently potentially in reach for some players to get records and talk about all that, we are still days away and maybe even a week away from knowing what the fuck's going to happen in the NFL. Because of the old Uncle COVID outbreak, because the teams have showed up and then not shown up the next week, we have no clue what the entire playoff picture is going to look like. Joining us in about 10 minutes will be Ian Rappaport telling us what we should look into. What could potentially happen? What do we need to know before this vital Week 17 weekend? Now, we obviously all wish you a very happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, I believe we were planning on being off tomorrow, but we were off two days last week, so why would we ever do that? Well, I think we should do a lead-up to kickoff of the semifinals for the college football show tomorrow. Okay. Probably around 1 to 3-ish we'll be live, right. I, I think. Uh, and we'll get some college football experts who know a lot more than us on there, and we'll celebrate the new year tomorrow. But I think there's a lot to be thankful for, and today should be an absolute celebration. Stefan. Diggs will join us in the third hour. Can't wait to chat with him about telling you, 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 and you. The Mer- fuck out of here. Oh, Merry Christmas. Oh, did shut he the say? fuck up. Suck. No, you no, said that. No, 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 he didn't. No. He, he didn't say that. No. We had. We, we, but has that been cleared up? Has that been cleared up yet? Not he said it was just accusations, obviously. He said, Pat, you're going to get me in some serious trouble with these <laughs> allegations. Okay, and I have never, I did apologize. That's on me. I, I thought there would be more of a conversation about it. Don't know if he addressed it. But not only that, what a monumental win for this Buffalo Bills team in New England. We will miss Boston Connor for another day. Yeah. You will soon, Connor. Peace and peace, Connor. 
Connor is currently roaming around his apartment, which is not large. It is basically just like a, a little square. Big, yeah. It's like the size of this stage here, mm-hmm. somehow in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. It's a New York apartment yeah. in Indianapolis. He's just roaming around, walking in circles with the homie-omi right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he'll be able to test. Now, we miss you, Connor. Miss, we miss you, miss Connor. Connor. Real shame Connor's not going to be here for the Stefan Diggs conversation in the third hour. I'm, I'm excited for that. Why has it been so perfect, it seems like, with Josh Allen? You two seem to be be peanut butter jelly how you doing mm-hmm. keep it moving after leaving minnesota absolute superstar an incredible team poised to make a run in the playoffs can't wait to chat with him she'll be a lot of fun at ty schmidt is here a lot of conversation about aaron Rodgers' future floating around in the uh sports media world mm-hmm. this morning because he said it's going to be a quick decision uh to the media in his press conference i believe he said it's not going to be lingering around i think that he feels like he has to address that because of what happened last offseason right. where he didn't talk for three months because i don't think anybody knew what was going to happen in that situation Aaron is in sole control of what could potentially happen after this season he said he wants to make it quick what does that mean whenever you hear that is that him just being in being here now you think and I asked him too about his future and he gives me an answer about how you know that day will come and every day I'm thinking about it it's a it's always lingering around there but every book he's basically given us has been about being in the moment right mm-hmm. now. enjoying right now right now right now I he's accruing and accumulating information I assume as he goes to make his decision but when you hear something like that do you think the decisions already been made by Aaron Rodgers or do you think there's still a lot to potentially happen as a Green Bay Packers owner maybe not completely but I think he has a sense of what he wants to do like they're and they're, but they're throwing out like retirement and I know he alluded to that that, but like we've talked about this ad nauseum. If this guy wins two MVPs in a row, arguably playing maybe the best football of his career, if he wins the Super Bowl or goes deep in the playoffs, like he's not retiring. Like that's not going to happen. I can't see any scenario where he's not playing football next year. I've kind of said all along, I think if the Packers win the Super Bowl, I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. I really do. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. You hear, like, at this point, anything with him, like, you know everyone's going to be talking about it. Everyone's going to have a take on it. So it's like, but it it really is kind of like a be here now because, you know, shit. And last year at this time, like, you were were feeling like they were going to go to the Super Bowl too but couldn't get over the hump again. Like, it, it, it really does feel like this team's better. They're primed to make a Super Bowl run. So I think if you're a Packers fan, I mean, I'm just trying to enjoy it. Yeah, I think you should. And I think he's trying to do the exact same. Well, also... I think he has an idea of what he wants to do for sure. The idea that like, oh, I don't know, I'll just decide, you know, when the season's over. Like, I think that's BS. But I don't know. I've been seventeen years, Mount Rushmore quarterback, cerebral, incredibly thoughtful. About to win back-to-back MVPs, they're going to be forced to give it to me, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll decide. It'll be a quick process. I'll decide in the future. Yeah, that, yeah. it's awesome. I think he also enjoys the hell out of it. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure. Them? Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course. Not only them, obviously. I've seen a lot of the internet also reacts everywhere. Mm. Right. All right. I've been entrenched in that. Also, Dr. Drew. Big Dr. Drew show. <laughs> big Dr. Drew show. Mm-hmm. A lot of you ain't a fucking doctor, Dr. Mm-hmm. Drew. I don't know how he sits through that, especially with how much time he had mm-hmm. to spend reading. Think about how much time that guy spent high anxiety taking all those goddamn tests. I mean, he had eight different certificates of medical whatever, and he just every day has to sit there and just go, I have been wrong before. Yes. 
I am an actual doctor. Mm-hmm. And everybody, no, you're not. Fuck you. You don't know anything about anything. But it has been <laughs> a wild ride here alongside Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. I cannot wait to see it cook up. But that team is playing the best ball of anybody right now. You guys lost your punter, though, COVID list. Oh, no. Yeah. Corey Bohorquez. Well, he's. Hell of a player. He is a hell of a player. He's kind of played like shit the last couple weeks. So. Jeez. It's hey. cold. It's Lambo. It's December. Holiday season. Supposed, supposed to be the. The coldest game of the year at Lambeau. I'm hoping the Packers aren't going to need to be punting very much. Against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. On Sunday night football. Sunday night football. This could be like the stamp on the, okay, yeah, I think I'll just win the MVP now. So I don't want to, I mean, the show is named after me, and I have to speak from my perspective on things. But, you know, I know Coach Mo really well up there. Yeah. Really well. Mm-hmm. I know... I'd assume everybody up there is rather familiar of who I am. I think we have a lot of friends in that locker room. Punter goes down with COVID. Nobody reaches out to me. Nobody reaches out to me. But I think to myself, if I wanted, could I, could I go do that on Sunday night if I wanted to? You know, because I have the antibodies now. Mm-hmm. Right Last year, this, there was a situation similar. Super Bowl caliber team loses punter kicker. Friends of mine, a lot of friends of mine in the organization – Send, hey, do you have the antibodies or not? It's like, I don't know. Like, get an antibodies test. If you have antibodies, you don't have to sit through the five-day, seven-day quarantine thing, the protocols. If you have the antibodies, uh, you could get in here tomorrow as long as you test negative. And uh, we just lost our punter and our kicker to the COVID list. You could go through one game, right? You could do one game right now. And I had to, like, actually think to myself, could I, do I want to go back out there, put on film, that there would have been a lot to happen between the Colts and the Bucks and everything like that if, if that would have had to take place. And there's it wasn't direct. It was like a you know like a a whole thing. But there's a lot of my friends down there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of my friends down there. Just like kind of similar situation there in Green Bay. And uh, I didn't have the antibodies, mm. but I believe that morning whenever I was in here telling everybody, I think we made the decision I was going to go do that. If you had the antibodies, yes. Yes, I was going to go. And I had never, and I would have had to punt and kick, by the way. So I would have had had to kick the ball long time since then. Who knows how it would have gone. If I would have had the antibodies and it would have got figured out, which would have been a much higher conversation than me, that would have had to take place and more people would have had to get involved that weren't involved in those conversations, like actual people would have had to do that. There would have been a lot that would have had to take place. But I wouldn't even have to do anything anyways because they got suck up opinion back by the game. I would have been in the jumpsuit on the sideline mm-hmm. while I'm doing a lot of this. Yeah. And then I'm in a boat parade. Yeah. Right. You know I mean, then I'm in a boat parade. Pretty sweet parade. That, that would have, that would have potentially happened. Nobody would know my name probably. I would have been there for four days. I assume I would introduce myself. Yeah. But if that would have happened, that would have been hilarious. And last year, after that whole thing, as we were reminiscing on him, like I should be a fucking Super Bowl champion. Right? Like I could have been, if I, if we would have handled COVID worse, mm-hmm. I'd have been a Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. So now, with this situation popping back up, and once again, this is nobody reaching out. This is me just being like a, you know, a guy who used to kick balls, a little bit of a, ah, could, is this something I could do? I thought about it, and I literally stood up from the couch, and I tweaked my hamstring. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know if that was my body making my decision for me, like my hammy, my knee, my legs is like, what are, what are we even... Lambo, it's going to be windy and cold as fuck. Oh, yeah. You have not actually kicked a football and tried to do it. 
nine, 10 months at this point, <laughs> and you would just go into a team that is trying to get home field advantage. Like, what a selfish prick. Like, that is the entire conversation I had with myself. I sat back down, and I was like, okay, I wonder who they're going to get to punt then there. Hmm. That is a big position. Yeah. Especially on Sunday Night Football with how windy and cold it's going to be and how special teams has been for the Green Bay Packers. That could be a problem, but... Just like normal, I'd assume the offense and the defense will just kind of do their thing. Here we go. We'll go win this game. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as always. Like, you just hope that that isn't the reason that they potentially lose a game. Like, the offense and, like, the way the defense has been playing. I mean, they, they gave up a bunch of rushing yards, but, you know, they had four turnovers. Like, I think they can do enough to kind of mask the other areas. But, I mean, we'll see. That is a big deal. And I don't know how many guys are used to kicking in, you know, negative 20-degree wind chills. These and, guys are available right now. Right. You know, week 17, if guys are... People got hurt, mm-hmm. people came in. People got cut, people came in. Week 17, if somebody's available right now, especially with how Lambeau is. Now, now let's not even get into the holding for Mason Crosby situation. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyways, Rog I wouldn't have been able to do Rog it. Roger hold. Anyways, I wouldn't have been able to do it with the uh, the FanDuel deal inevitably. I think that would have been a bit of a conflict of interest somehow. Yeah, well, also, you weren't sucking COVID through a straw, but you have been sucking down some ice-cold dopes lately. Wow, not me. Ice-cold dope. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything, by the way. I wouldn't miss any games. I wouldn't miss any uh, games. That's right. I, I don't know what they would have done, but I did think about that as well. Once again, this is all happening while I'm sitting down drinking one of those cans. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm seeing it, and I'm like, well, they is there a chance, once again, this is going to sound arrogant, but it's real. And I know other people that host shows say things like, oh, people ask me to do this and people ask me to do this. I've been asked by numerous teams through the last couple of years, do I want to come back and do anything? Numerous times because I have a lot of friends around the league and we all see the kicking, punting situation. You know, we all see what happens in some teams. So I get a lot of, a lot of people that ask. This is the first one where nobody asked. And I was like, hmm, what's that all about? Did I fucking lose it? You know, and then I start doing the, then I start sitting there and I start thinking about the whole thing. And then, I mean, immediately upon standing up from the couch, it was like, just shot down the leg. And it was like, oh, so we're all making this decision, you know? And it's, I don't think the dope would have mattered, Nick. Maybe maybe they just thought, oh, we saw the deal the Pat just got from FanDuel. I don't think he needs to be kicking balls right now. God, but if that team wins, this could be be two years here where. Get you one of these. Get you one of these. Hey. I think I put it on a pinky, by the way. (laughs) I think this pinky ring would no longer exist. I think I would get it on a pinky. Yeah. You know, can't ever wear it, but when I do wear it, think about how hilarious yeah, that's, that's going to be. Pretty good. A lot of how's your families. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just shoving up. <laughs> Joining us now, a uh, man who has all the inside information on maybe who's going to punt for the Packers and everything else going around the NFL, uh, Mr. Ian Rappaport. Insider for the NFL and the NFL Network and host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends. Ian, Corey Bohorquez, potentially out for the Green Bay Packers, which is what we were just speaking of. We'll get to all the other headlines around the NFL that you might know information. Who's going to go kick for them up there? Is that going to be the Scottish Hammer? Is Jamie Gillen going to punt up there? Who's going to punt for them if Bojo can't go-go on Sunday Night Football? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You fucking stink. <laughs> it's a punter. You know? I mean, it's like, not saying anything, like, my favorite TV host is a punter. Well, I would say was a punter. Pat Summer. Or whatever. This isn't a TV. Whatever <laughs> medium this is. So I do appreciate punters once they exit the NFL. Oh, when they're geez. in the NFL, just kind of like, you go out there, you do your thing. Sometimes you get blocked, and everyone's like, oh, my God. And then 
that's kind of, you just go back to the sideline. All right, Ian, every single punter in the league could dunk on you in every single facet of life, and that's not for us right now to chat about. And if you get any inside information on who's going to be punting for the Packers, yeah. it's a pretty big deal because special teams up there. I mean, not they great. may not even punt this week. Oh, well, Sometimes they true. don't even punt. So that's always the thing about being a punter, you know. Hey, no offense, Pat, but <laughs> I want to see you out there. I'm like, hey, me neither, dude. I'd like to win, but this is football, and it's the NFL. There's a chance we're going to have to kick a ball. And if you have somebody who's good, can help you out. If you have somebody bad, can fuck you over. Let's get to speaking of being um, fucked over. A lot of people who maybe had to do the 10-day thing uh, that were non-vaccinated that uh, got COVID. Very pissed off about the five-day thing. Darius Leonard all the way back. Carson Wentz, is he going to be able to be back by game time, you think? Is that kind of the uh, projection and expectation here uh, for Carson? You know, that is the projection for Carson. Let's talk about him specifically first. You know, usually we've been talking about for two years, two seasons now, guys being cleared off the COVID list and, you know, might they be cleared? What's the test going to show? The timing is kind of right. It's always been kind of a what-if situation, and it's really not like that anymore. I mean, based on the CDC regulations and the NFL and the NFLPA adopting those and kind of morphing them to what it needs to be for the NFL – it's really no longer like, does Carson Wentz get cleared? Like his five days are going to be up on Sunday morning. I guess assuming he's not horribly sick, like your symptoms don't even have to go away. They just have to have decreased and you have to get cleared by a doctor. So like, oh. yeah, we're going to see Carson. He doesn't need a negative test. Like we are going to see him on Sunday. So it's just five days. Hey, they're away for five days or so. They're good. Is that just non-vaccinated players? What about vaccinated players? If they end up testing positive, do they have to test negative to get out or their symptoms just have to go down? If you're, if you're vaccinated, the benefit that you have is you can get out before five days. So like if you're unvaccinated, it is five days and then you can be cleared. Uh, if you are vaccinated, then you could be cleared, let's say, on the fourth day. So it's like a small thing. How? You and test out? there's other stuff like... Test out? You know, un- test out? You can test out, yes. So if they can't produce a negative... If the vaccinated person can't produce a negative test, which, by the way, I couldn't produce a negative test for 11 days, and I was vaccinated and had it, but I didn't have symptoms for like five, six days. And at that point in time, we had no idea what the world was what made them make this decision so vaccinated players can test out with a negative in four days non-vaccinated players just have to do a five-day sentence and if their symptoms go down which is going to naturally happen with any sickness right i mean right it's going to go down at some i mean unless it lasts longer than five days where they're just embattled which would be a good on good luck to you if that's (laughs) the case so basically that's the new standard and are they only going to test on mondays and tuesdays uh, there's going to be the spot testing, which it, I believe is early in the week. It might not always be Monday, but I believe it's early in the week. So figure Monday or Tuesday, which would mean theoretically you'd be able to be cleared for Sunday. Basically. And then the other people mm-hmm. who get yeah. tested are people who have symptoms, which, you know, I know there were some people doubting how many players would say, like, I have symptoms. There's been a lot, a lot of like real dudes who would prefer not to infect their whole team more than they already had. Um, and then there's people who are, close contacts, vaccinated or not. There's people who want to be, there's a lot of people getting tested. Um, but yeah, after five days, like that's, that's basically it. Um, and it's unbelievable how many people have it. I mean, in the country, in the world, in the NFL, like it's unbelievable at some point. I'm like, I don't know how soon it's going to be. We figure it'll be soon. Like at some point you reach a thing where like everyone's had it. So it should be going 
And then you could do the We Beat COVID celebration again. Well, listen, we've been doing a little bit too much of that around here. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of reflection. Do you think that's why it came back? Oh, you yeah. think we did? Easy. We gave bulletin on, board dude. material? Yeah. You what think we fuck? gave bulletin board material just like you? Don't you. Think co- you don't think COVID's reading that and go, no. like, I know it's no, public, but you don't think COVID's reading that and being like, Okay. Listen, a couple of quick things, because this can tie together. And COVID understands this a lot better than you guys. So you guys, and not all of you, not you specifically, but reporters now have started taking shit talk in the game or at the game and acting as if it's bulletin board material, right? Like, hey, just heard Josh Allen say, they're confused about who the fuck I am around mm-hmm. here. It's like, well, he's in the stadium. It's still in the game. And then Aaron Rodgers, do you think him saying that he owns somebody after scoring a touchdown is bulletin board material? It's like, are we going to dissect everything that has been said on a field and act like that's bulletin yeah. board material in the state, in the sphere of competition, in the arena of competition, and act like that's not normal? COVID understood. Okay, that we were in the middle of a fucking battle. COVID understood that yeah. there was a little bit of, and I'm a celebratory guy. People have seen me. I punted good punts. I remember. I was, that. I was excited. So COVID knew me. COVID understood. I don't think they put it on their bulletin board material. I don't think this is a Michael Jordan, Utah Jazz coach walking through the restaurant. Oh, that's all I needed. I don't think COVID's treating us like that at all. I hope not. If it is, we got a lot yeah. of explaining. That's right. A lot of explaining. I, I'm kind of with you, by the way, in that. When when someone says something on the like, there's microphones everywhere now. I feel like we have more as fans and people like football. We have more access to sound and everything than ever before. So like, you know, Stefan Diggs saying some things to fans. I don't know what it was. Could have been anything, really. I mean, I kind of do think I know what it was, but it could have been anything theoretically. Um, you know, like it's okay that we hear that. I don't think that gives anyone anything. Like, you know, it's. To me, it has to be more of like a premeditated, not in the moment, yes, outside the arena, in and out microphone. Like, you want it out there, like like I right. think in the competition, you can't judge it. And I think all these reporters that are reporting these things are only exposing themselves for literally never playing a sport in their life. I think I think that is that is because something on the field. There are things that you say. It's this, I'd say the same thing when you see like a. Like a head coach and like a quarterback get into an argument. People are like, oh, I'm like, a player talk back to his coach. Like that happens 65 times a game. Well, and it happened. It also, you know, when uh, Allen and Payne threw on each other on the mm-hmm. sideline, mm-hmm. obviously you never wanted to get to that point ever, ever, ever. But also like that, that has happened before in the NFL. It will happen again in the NFL. And it's just, what do we know? What don't we know? What should we expect? What shouldn't we expect? Uh, maybe it was because we danced and celebrated COVID being over that it is stuck around in the fashion that it has. And if you look at, and this is research that was told to me by somebody that was on the show, maybe you, actually. It might have been you. South Africa hmm. had, what, a five-week run with Omicron? Yeah, I, br- I, I did break that on this show. Yeah, it was South African <laughs> medical history news mm-hmm. that Ian Rappaport broke. The Omicron ran wild for five, six weeks or something like that. Then they saw a fall-off on that. Do we know how far we are into this in our country, which is much bigger, much more spread out, a lot more people? Are we in the same – I mean, I don't even want to get into the chart – the flattening oh, the flattening curve. curve. I don't even want to get into that whole thing. But are we in the same trajectory? Have you followed up with your research? Um, I would say I've I spend my life following up on research. Do you want to hear something really sad? This is pathetic. But every night before I go to bed, I always read the Washington Post before I go to bed, which is weird, I'm sure, but whatever. Um, I always check the uh, COVID graphs that they always have on the front page. And uh, 
the graphs are now going like this. It's literally like this, which is just like where South Africa was probably like three weeks ago. So you think, I mean, the amount of people who have it, we set a record yesterday. Figure that's like a third of the people actually have it because so many people are taking home tests now. So at some point, it's going to go like this. So just based oh. on my scientific calculations, Two and again, weeks, I'm not a scientist weeks, or a doctor. Three months, um, four months. I would say mid-January, it's going to probably be doing this. We beat COVID! We beat COVID! We know it! We knew it! Now listen, we got to kneel the ball out here, okay? Yeah. We got to kneel the ball out here. We got to take care of our business. Mid-January, though, right before Super Bowl. Is that COVID calling you? Was that COVID calling you right there? No, that was uh, my wife telling me that uh, the boy, our boys who are, let's just say, home for an extended period of time, as of right now, um, are eating lunch. So I'll be eating lunch with them after uh, <laughs> I would do this. Uh, I don't want to... Um, uh, the homie Omi came through the house right there? Oh, no. I okay? mean, look, it's, a, it's the whole world. It's the whole world. Oh, no, it's teasing... Dude, hey, ah. hey, we hope you're okay. You're in the whole sure. Rapport family. We don't let the whole sure. Rapport okay. family we're, know. We're surviving. Is that breaking news right now? Is it? I mean, I, I hadn't seen this. Is it? Here's I mean, an maybe. insider... With insider information on what's going on inside his house. Yeah. Yeah. Ian Rapport, I don't want to break the news, but Ian Rapport and his family are currently testing positive for. It's Omicron. Oh, no. We hope you're okay. I wouldn't say currently, previously. Well, there's some members currently, some members previously. Well, Dr. Drew told us, and there's going to be people that immediately upon me saying Dr. Drew told us get very upset that I even said that, but <laughs> allegedly Dr. Drew has said, and he's, he's not a real doctor, is what people say. Ian, I actually asked him yesterday. Is he not? Well, I... I, I Should I, I have known that? Well, I thought he was a doctor. Then I read the internet. I was like, maybe this guy isn't a doctor. Maybe we didn't do the right thing for the show. Bring a doctor on, ask him, hey, are you a fucking doctor? First question, are you a fucking doctor? And he said, yeah, people shit on me all the time. But he said <laughs> that uh, as a doctor, he was a doctor, by the way, eight degrees or something like that. But he gets dunked on every day, I think, on yeah, the internet. Oh, yeah. I don't know how Dr. Drew does it. Mental toughness, <laughs> yeah. incredible. Good on him. Mm -hmm. He said, once you're testing positive for it, though, here's all his degrees. He is a doctor. Yeah. Okay, he is a doctor. We had to... We had checked because this program cannot be known for misinformation, especially fake doctors. Okay, I can't have that. But um, unless it's Dr. Joe Rogan. <laughs> Anyways, he said once you test positive for this, the virality in his his opinion, uh, the virality of the Omicron, once you test positive for it, it's almost no longer contagious. So I think they don't even really know how to test for this particular variant without crazy it's been running. And we're also in the middle, and I don't want to compare. It's nowhere near the same as the two things I'm about to say. But over here, whenever, where we have four seasons at in uh, middle America, it's also cold and flu season, so everybody who's potentially feeling something has a thought, oh shit, I have this. Probably more people getting tested than ever, right? If I had to get, probably more people getting tested than By ever. By a lot, I'm sure. So we have these numbers going, and I don't, does the NFL want to continue to adjust these protocols, or are they just going to wait for the CDC or other people to do it? Because going from 10 days to 5 days, not having to test negative is massive. Having to test be earlier in the week from IQVIA, by the way. It's not IQVIA. Oh, oh. I had some very smart person tell me, hey, I have a friend oh. who used to work at IQVIA, by the way. Uh, oh. That's how they pronounce it, whatever the okay. case. $51.8 billion. Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. They're a pretty big deal. They're the ones spot testing the people, I guess, or deciding who's getting spot tested. Yeah. And that, if they're doing it early in the week, it's five-day sentence. This is the NFL and the NFLPA figuring this out, and then they're only going to adapt as the CDC adapts, or you think they're going to continue to do their own research? 
I think the the way it's been, it, it basically all of it, right? It's like they have a team of doctors. Dr. Alan Sills has been leading and working with the NFLPA. As the science changes and as – I mean, the weirdest thing of, of all of this is like the virus has changed. And so what was true last year might not necessarily be true this year. Like one of the obviously main things, as we've discussed, is that Omicron generally, especially among vaccinated people, does not have severe serious symptoms. It has not – had the hospitalization, it has not had the deaths. It is different from last year, and so the NFL and the NFLPA have adjusted to that. You know, I don't know if we're going to see it continued adjustments. I would imagine teams will stay in the masked inside, enhanced protocols, no eating together. I would imagine they'd stay with that through the playoffs, just because it's not that hard. It's just wear a mask; it's not that hard, and keeps everyone a little safer. Um, I'll be also curious, like next year, are we still going to be doing this? Like, we're still going to be testing? Like, I have, next I have a million questions, but oh, like twenty twenty two, like I don't even know what's going like, to happen next week. Mm-hmm. You're talking so about three days? Is, was that like a new now. year joke? Was that like a three days from now thing? Like oh, no, hey, next mean, year? No, I mean like next season. Like, are we still going to be doing this next? Like, I have no idea what the landscape's going to be like next season. Hey, I might be in my own world, which I am, and I apologize to everybody if this sounds ignorant. I don't think anybody I'm speaking to has thinks this thing's lasting much longer. I, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, next hope, season, this thing right. is still going to be getting us? Was that real? Is that what you're hearing, Ian? What's that? Next season? I mean, I, I have no idea. I thought I thought this was going to be over like four times ago. I've celebrated oh. at least two different times that it was over, and it clearly is not. Oh, well, we've like, done seven, eight, well, nine. So it was Ian's fault. That's, you're dancing yeah. on a grave. You're a journalist. I'm yeah. in the fight in with private. You. In private. They've seen it. COVID knows everything. I don't. Please do not put that into the universe. Please do not put the next season us still battling. That's a long time from now. Let's hope we're out of there. Uh, Let's move along to some other football stuff. Ben Roethlisberger basically says he's retiring uh, after this season without saying it, inviting former teammates and family to come watch what could be potentially his last game at Heinz on Monday Night Football against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, just an absolutely storybook-style ending. The team obviously wishes they had a much better record this season and could do these things differently. Zito and Diggs made this uh, made this graphic. All right, thank, thank you, Savage. People seven. call him seven. Yeah. Oh wow. Come Ian. Oh wow. Ian. Ian. Sports. He wears the number seven. Ian. This no, is like, just yeah, just natural to call him seven. You know what I mean? What are you hearing about that? Does everybody in the building already kind of know that this was going to yeah. happen? Was this the case? Yeah. Yeah, I think when they did the contract and he accepted the pay cut, I think everyone knew this would be it. And you know, Ben is. He's, he's awesome, and he's got a million lives. And in a weird way, like, I will kind of miss him. He's been on the injury report, I think, every day over the last two decades. Um, <laughs> he has been very upfront with his injuries, very open. And as someone who covers a lot of injuries, I've done a lot of injury reporting on Ben Roethlisberger. He also says what he thinks. Uh, and, you know, I think the way he came into the league, the troubles he faced were massive and have been covered very well by people before I really started this. But he seems to have turned into someone who treats people with a lot of respect and does it the right way, seems like. Um, and he's been a great quarterback. And I think for the Steelers, there's a lot of reasons why they have been consistently good every year. I mean, they're not even really that good this year, and they're still pretty good, and they still have a chance at the playoffs. Like, he's so been amazing. Um, I would say next year, my guess is they go after a veteran so they don't have to restart because they have so much – there already so much infrastructure like that is such a desirable place 
for a veteran quarterback to go, I think. Yeah, Pittsburgh used to be the place that I would vacation in the offseason. Obviously, oh, yeah. that's where you want to go to. And, you know, it kind of toughens you up as soon as you land there. Ain't that right, Foxy? 100%. I love that place. See, Foxy's from Detroit, which everybody says is a gritty city. You yeah. land in Pittsburgh, you go... Oh, this place birth grit, basically. 100%. This is the home of Built the, the nation. Yeah, this this is the father of the yep. city of the entire country. You're welcome for the steel that built your cities that are definitely gritty and rust belt and blue collar. Yep. But the reason why it's called rust belt is because rust ends up on what? Steel. Steel. Uh, well, not stainless, but Well, we didn't create that. I mean that was probably created somewhere in a hill in a all the Pittsburgh. What's that, buddy? Okay. I like Pittsburgh. You're fucking right, you do, Ian. Yeah, Ian. What do you say? What does that even mean? Is that a surprise? Yes, you like Pittsburgh. Obviously, you like no. Pittsburgh. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this. Two, my two favorite things about Pittsburgh. One, you get to drive through mountains, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Yeah, you yeah, don't get I, to do that in a lot. Of cool. I wish we had more lanes. I mean, in those, in those mountains, it would have been a little <laughs> right. bit better forethought there early if they would have made a couple more. Mountains lanes. are what they are. I mean, so. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is the, tunnel could be the way they have. I mean, we talked about this, I'm sure, but like. The way they do sandwiches, I just so appreciate. You just take everything, you just put it on a sandwich, and then the sandwiches, basically the whole city is based around the sandwich. It's it's genius. I just, I respect it so much. Okay, the sandwich was (laughs) created because of the steel mill workers didn't have enough time to have lunch because they were birthing America. So they put the entire lunch on the one sandwich. So you're saying the city revolves around the sandwich. You're close. You're just missing one chapter. The sandwich was created because, say it. Say you it. created the city or Fucking the world? Steel mills, dude. Jeez, Jeez, Jeez. You would never get it, okay? Play I, tennis somewhere, please. Jeez Louise. Steel workers. Thank you, steel workers. Thank you. Oh, Thank you, that. Pittsburgh. Steel workers. Great job. Uh, let's move around here. Uh, Baker Mayfield's wife posts on Instagram again about how negative everybody is to her husband, which I would assume is not cool at all to be a significant other of a high-profile athlete or person. Uh, you have to see and hear things about somebody you love and care for deeply. You see them whenever they're not on the field or not at practice or not on the internet, when they're icing their bodies or not being able to move. You care deeply about this person. So whenever people start saying things, which is what the internet is, you can take it personal. Is there any future conversations over there in Cleveland with Baker? Is that already cooking? Is that happening? How do you see that playing out? I haven't heard any future conversations with Baker. Playing out is a good way of describing it because that's kind of what it's been. I mean, this year was supposed to be a played out year. They didn't have any discussions on a new contract before the year. I think everybody was on the same page with like, let's see what happens. And I I hate to say this, but like, I'm not even sure how much we learned this year. You know, like he's been really good at times. He's been not as good. He's playing with a torn labrum. So like, how do we even judge what kind of player he is when he's so injured and has been injured in a variety of different ways, right? So, I mean, he's tough as hell, which is great. And I think teammates really like him, which is great. But on the field, like, I could make an argument either way. So we'll see what happens in the offseason. But, like, I'm not sure we've learned anything. And, like, I'm not – we'll see what they end up doing. But I wouldn't even be surprised if they say, you know what, let's just play it out again. Okay, because they, they picked up go. that fifth-year option, right? So they have that available. They could potentially – would they have to yeah. trade him or cut him? How would that work out if, he was, if they were to move on from Baker? They wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to cut him. If they, let's say they were going to move on, like somebody would trade for Baker Mayfield because, you know, I, I happen to think he's pretty Steelers. good. <sighs> Not no, everybody thinks that. But he is Fuck a off. starting quarterback in the NFL. Somebody <laughs> will trade for a starting quarterback. You should never 
you should never have to cut any starting quarterback. Someone will trade for him. So the reason why I asked that following what you said about the Steelers getting a veteran quarterback is Baker Mayfield potentially going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler? A lot of people are saying, you know, in Pittsburgh, they're saying, Aaron Rodgers, how you doing, Aaron? Come mm-hmm. on in. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rodgers' neighborhood, <laughs> come uh-huh. on back. You know, we love that whole thing. Russell Wilson's going to be on the move, potentially. I saw Minnesota Vikings fans saying, don't let Kirk Cousins get no, to move over. He's a veteran quarterback that could end up there. It, it, Deshaun Watson, I guess, who, yeah. depending yeah. upon Bring what happens. Mariota, is he going to be out there? Mitchell Trubisky, uh, is that all the names? Is there any other? Nick Foles, what's Nick Foles doing? Yeah. I mean, what come is Nick on. Foles up to? What are these names you're naming here? Uh, not just for the Steelers, about? not just for the Steelers, but for the quarterback market. Baker okay. does make the most as sense as for the Steelers, really. If yeah, but if. If you're going to trade him in the division, you'd have to think he's terrible, and I don't think they do that. Like, you'd ha- it'd have to be like Donovan McNabb. You oh. know, like, I think when he gets traded in the division, everyone's like, this is going to be good. This is why Donovan like McNabb is so cold shoulder towards everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, it was very Donovan McNabb chilling at his house right now. He's chilling, having a great time. And all of a sudden, Ian's like, if they trade you within the division, that means they think you are absolutely trash as a player and a human. Just like, and then he even says his name. I mean, that is wild, Ian. That is unbelievable. Well, you don't like at that time. Now he had a lot of great. He had Super Bowl. I mean, oh, he had some great moments. Big, a fight. lot of title games. But at that time, I think it was clear it was. Are those all the quarterbacks though that are going to be in the market? You think for uh, these teams that are definitely going to be needing a quarterback, and there's no college quarterbacks coming out. Well, I mean, you know, look at the teams who could potentially trade for quarterbacks like i mean we could just go through all of them let's say like las vegas raiders right i think Derek carr is going to stay but if they have a new coach who wants to start new could he be on the move the giants are one of the rumored spots for maybe russell wilson okay well like let's say that's a possibility that daniel jones would go i mean there's it's it Denver, could be like last year I Carolina, oh, okay, so let's do this let's do this giants you just mentioned there denver carolina Pittsburgh, maybe Cleveland, San Francisco. Are they going to move on from Jimmy G and go to Trey Lance? There's Jimmy a, there, G probably going to be available. Yep. There's a lot That's of another one. There's a lot of places right that are going to need a quarterback. So all, what are they? They're all just going to shuffle uh, spots. Is that what's just going to happen? And who's going to be left out? This is like when Jameis ended up having to take a, yeah. a million dollar deal with New Orleans because Tom Brady was available, uh, Phil yeah, Rivers was available, Drew Brees was available. Feels like there's a lot of quarterbacks that I don't know if I don't. You know. That, I don't, and it adds to it this year. There doesn't seem to be a lot in the draft who are, people think are NFL ready. Like we'll see, who knows what they're going to become. But it's not like you're going to say like, all right, this guy's our day one starter. So there's a, to me, there's really only two options. It could be like this past year, where everyone thinks everyone's going everywhere, and we just get a couple moves, yeah, or everyone could literally mm-hmm. go everywhere, and our entire offseason would be. Where are all the different quarterbacks moving around? Which, let's just say you're someone who would like to have good, fun topics on a television slash internet show. Would be good for you. It would be great, man. This is numerous times that we've gone in these off seasons (laughs) with like big hopes, and I think it's because we're young in the game. We're like, oh my god, this is going to happen. Oh, we're waiting till four. We'll wait till four. (laughs) We will wait till four, and then nothing happens. Like this stinks, dude. Is this how it's always going to be? But it feels like owners are getting a little bit more antsy Mm -hmm. about having success. So maybe they'll continue to pick up. Go ahead, Tom. And more willing to move. More willing to trade by by far. Yeah, I think so too. It's starting to become that. And although some people are, hey, don't make this the NBA. I think it's great for the fans and definitely for us. Go ahead, Tom. Why not? Uh, yeah. Ian, we've all seen the video of Lamar Jackson limping around on that miscolored grass yesterday. There's no way he plays, right? 
It's bluegrass, dude. Come on. Well, it's-, it's yeah. My wife is from Mississippi. She knows a lot about grass. We had a whole conversation about this yesterday. How it's dormant. Uh, it's, we don't need to go through it. Anyway, um, I saw the video too. Mississippi. So I don't know if it was fucking- alarming, but it was definitely oh, noteworthy yeah. that he is grass. Um, but he's a starting quarterback who's on the field on a Wednesday for a game that his team has to win. To me, this feels like he's going to play. I mean, we'll see what happens. See if he's back today. That's a big thing too. But almost always this season, when a starting quarterback has been on the field on a Wednesday, he has played. I'm sure he's not going to be 100. percent But you know that if like humanly possible, he is going to want to be out there. Go ahead, Ty. Rapshi, with all the news of Jacksonville starting to move forward on their new coaching search, uh, are most of these teams going to just wait until Black Monday, or do you anticipate this upcoming weekend a couple more of these like kind of lame duck coaches to get shit canned? What's going on there? I uh, I kind of feel like everyone's going to wait. You know, like there was this new rule that we all spent so much time on talking about. You can interview guys before the season. And Jacksonville's still setting up stuff, so it is theoretically possible um, that they interview guys, but I'm not sure why they would. I, you know, like, I'm just thinking because, like, let's say you're Jackson when you interview Byron Leftwich, and he squeezes you in for 45 minutes between game planning for whoever they play this week. <laughs> like, is that really worth it? You know, like, wouldn't you rather get through the season, wait, spend, like, three hours with them, and do a real interview? So I don't know that – I don't know how many people actually take advantage of this new rule – and you look around the league, like Chicago kind of is what it is. But there's other places that have questions. Like let's say Minnesota. They could make the playoffs or they could not. And that might decide what they do. So there's some, there's a bunch of situations that I think really do need to play out. Ian, we can't thank you enough for joining us, pal. I appreciate you every single week. Uh, I'm excited to see how this entire season works. There's so many teams in play. Who knows who could go on a run? You're talking about Derek Carr maybe being done in Las Vegas because they have to maybe turn their whole thing around. What do they make the playoffs? They make them make the playoffs. What do they make the playoffs? I mean, there is gloom and doom that could potentially become penthouse life uh, for all teams basically at this point. But there's no man. Let's go. Hey, hey, how's your family, huh? How's your family? Uh, We can't thank you enough. Thanks for battling through COVID to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes... It's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should that was. I think they're going in a different direction, so... Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. <laughs> Bingo. Occup- er, population you dude hell yeah 
Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the medication. Free two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. A man that led the NFL in yards and receptions last year. An absolute stud. A man I can't wait to chat with in the middle of his Thursday. We can't thank him enough for his time. And I want to remind you guys, you, 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 and you, shut the fuck up when this man is speaking. An absolute superstar, Stefan Diggs. Yeah! Hey, man, what up, dude? What's up, boys? How y'all doing? Hey, we're great now. Hey, thank you for coming on in the middle of your Thursday. I know we uh, we sent in a request a little bit late here. You making time for us. We're very, very thankful for. Uh, did you you told him Merry Christmas? What do you have? Have you been on the record to clear up what you uh, you potentially told those four mass holes in the front row in the hall? <laughs> uh, I actually had a quick talk with my mom after the game. She actually had some good words for me to see what I said if I was embarrassing her on TV. And I said, Mom, I was doing my Best Oprah Winfrey impression, you know, how she said, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. There we go. And there's a lot of people there, and the way the audio was, you know, it's kind of, I think only the U's really made it through somehow, very clear, and it sounded like you, but it's Boston, too, you never know. It's that new new technology. The new technology, you can't trust it. They'll they'll make up anything. (laughs) Hey, what a win for you guys. And I know... Uh, you have a game this weekend against the Falcons, and we're getting ready for playoff football. And this has been something that this team has been kind of building towards, not only all season, but the last few years. It's been awesome to watch you guys go. Going into Foxborough and getting a win like that, and I don't, obviously we're on Thursday, looking back is crazy. But that's yeah. something I assume you guys expected at this point because of all the work you've put in the team that you had. And did it feel like a big weight lifted off your shoulder, or is that just like kind of how you guys are whenever you win games? No, I was more so uh, seeing our quarterback play at a high level and, you know, making plays and seeing Isaiah McKenzie step up with some guys being down. It was like one of those wins that uh, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, it, it gave us that momentum that we needed. You know, we needed to get in a roll. We needed to stack some wins. And, you know, we really wanted to do that. So uh, as far as I had a first game, when we knew we didn't play our best football, like including myself, I was just like, you know, I want another shot at it. I want another shot at it. And, of course, we played them like a week or two later. So I was like, this, it'll come back around. Nice. Hey, how long in, in your time in Buffalo did it take until you realized, like, hey, this dude is special? Like, Josh Allen, his arm strength, everything he can do. Like, you're always available, and you always seem to find a way to come back to the ball, and he loves to find you. Like, did you learn that early on, like, day one? Yeah, we had, like, a throwing session in Miami, um, like, early on. It's when I first had met him, and I was like, damn, he got, he, got really, he got a strong arm. But it wasn't until, like, game one, game two, when I saw him running around and, 
throwing linemen off of him and, and still completing passes. I was like, this damn, this kid, this kid can actually hoop. Like he can ball. So I, was like, I might, I might, I might have found a special one. So I was, uh, I was extremely excited. But that's when I really knew after the first couple of games. Stefan, I should have done a little bit more um, research. Where are you from originally? I'm from Maryland. Maryland. Okay, so you're from Maryland, and Josh Allen is from this uh, part they, over there. Yeah, Montana. Is he Montana? No, upstate California. California. Yeah, but whatever the case is. You guys have have you gelled immediately because there's uh, you, the handshakes and the because I think whenever you went to Buffalo, right, myself included, and all of us like watching the whole thing happen, it was like, what the hell happened? Then we had Bean on the show, uh, general yep. manager, and he was like, as soon as I found out basically that Stefan was potentially available, I wanted to make a play immediately. Is that kind of why you felt so welcomed in Buffalo because the head, uh, the top guy wanted you, and then you and Josh just seemed to click immediately? Was that a friendship thing that you just kind of noticed immediately upon? getting in buffalo is different it kind of seemed like uh you know i was wanted you know it was a place that you know it was a family environment it was a good environment it was a healthy environment uh and i was wanted. i felt loved off the rip especially from the quarterback position you know i didn't really know uh josh that well but you know we played video games we did that whole thing and like you know usually that that type of shit is kind of like sometimes fake and like in, the, in our situation, it wasn't fake at all. Like I genuinely to the day, you know what I'm saying? I say that's my brother for a reason because, you know, he embraced me. Uh, he didn't listen to anything the naysayers said or anybody said about me. He said, I'm going to go in with an open mind and let him let him show me who he is. And, you know, we've been we've been rocking ever since. We talked to Poyer. We're very lucky to get a chance to chat with yeah. him. And he is such a good chip on the shoulder guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. how is the locker room? How's the chemistry over there? It feels like looking at your team, it would be a blast to be a member of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, especially, you know, we talk a lot of shit over here, especially coming from the safety position. You know, those two light-skinned. Those two light-skinned guys can play over there. I make fun of them all the time. I did I saw, but I, I got a lot of respect for them, especially Jay Poe. He's one of those guys that play with a chip on their shoulder, and I feel like that's kind of what this team is made up of as well. Like, a lot of guys late lay around or, like, doubted and that kind of thing, and everybody used to having their back against the wall. So, you know, it's a, it's a good makeup. Jeez. What about the fans there? Are they what you expected? They exceed your expectations? We know jumping through tables, buildos on the field. Like, what has it been compared to what you thought it may be? Has there been buildos I'm, on the field? We, we have not had build, uh, boots on the ground. Has a buildo made its way onto the field this year? I haven't. I, I heard about that. I heard that. I heard about that actually happening. I haven't seen any. Uh, any Playoffs. <laughs> but I think they're on the way. They probably are on the way. Uh, Look, wait, yeah, watch man. out for COVID on those things. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Especially yeah, Omnicron. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, Omnicron yeah. would be all over those. But anyways, I'm sorry. Go back to Bill's Mafia. That's uh, no, they're, they're, I mean, they're the best fans I've ever uh, encountered. I only had two fan bases. But, I mean, you know fans around the league. But uh, Bill's Mafia is definitely probably – you can ask anybody that's played here. They're, they're probably the craziest fans you'll ever have. They be in the cold. You know, last year we had clinched the playoffs, and I figured I figured it was at least ten thousand people waiting for us at the airport. You driving through there, beating on your car just to be happy to make it to the playoffs. So, uh, we're thankful. We're thankful. More thankful for them because you know they push us in the right spot, especially on game day. Uh, Diggs family best ball skills in the history of the NFL. I mean, that's a, it's it's an argument there. You know, I haven't seen too many brothers with 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 these good of hands. It's really my brother's hands, but. You know, mine's, mine's only worked on a couple of days of the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw a commercial, was it? He, uh, remember, it was right after the miracle. You did so. You caught something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that was when I was like, oh, shit, this guy can really catch. You know what I mean? That was, <laughs> hey, all right, all right, all right, go ahead, uh, uh, Nick. Stefan, do you and your brother uh, talk during the season, or is it just all business all the time? And have you guys thought about, you know, maybe meeting up in the Super Bowl? 
No, uh, we talk every day. Um, it, I, I'm not gonna lie to you and say it's all business because we talk literally. I mean, he'll call me every day. He'll talk to me before the game, right after the game. Um, you know, we talk pretty much every day. It's really like that's my brother. So it's like it's nothing. It's nothing abnormal about it. It's not all business. We joke. We laugh. Uh, we're pretty serious. I'm in competition right now. I told him uh, I'm trying to have more touchdown that he has picks. You know, I, th I think one is harder than the other, but I'm not going to say which one it is. But we definitely had that relationship, though, that we are tightening it. He seems to be a magnet for the ball, right? I mean, it is. And some of the catches he's making yeah. are similar to some of the catches that you make. Not better, though. I mean, the humbleness uh, there. Yeah, is I mean, yeah, it's your apples brother. and oranges, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's your brother. That is actually your brother. Aiden, though. Yeah. What is that the coolest kid of all time? Is, I, feel, is, I feel like I feel like he needs his own TV show ASAP. You know, yes. He's got some reality TV. I think he can have a reality TV show, especially, you know, Dallas over here is a lot of fun. I need to get down there. The last couple questions here. We know you're in the middle of your day. We appreciate you. Oh, great. Um, whenever you think about Cole Beasley's rapping, does he does he have the team listen to that before he releases that? Are you a part of the? He always he always give us uh, he gives us a sneak peek typically before like before he drops something. He let us know. He try to see if we if we mess with it or not. And I'd be like this. I t I would give him my honest opinion. But Cole can really rap though. Like you see a lot of guys that. You know, it's a lot of athletes that think they can rap, but he's one of those guys that actually can rap. Yeah, we think he's actually really – and also, I mean, he put a diss track on COVID. Yeah. And, and he doesn't it, play any games. He doesn't play any games. No. no. He goes in there ready for <laughs> to step yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. So be careful. Be careful. Just be careful. No, I'm, I'm on his side. No, no, no. Oh. In the rap game. Hold on. I don't agree with everything. <laughs> Hold on. No, I'm looking at myself. No, no. In the rapping. I'm talking about in the, in the rapping. Jeez, I'm talking about the talent. <laughs> Woo! Uh, going into this time of football, this time of year, you know, everybody talks about the cold weather and the weather in Buffalo is insane. And the way your team is built is a high flying. Josh Allen's making throws. You're making catches. Do you hear that noise that was coming? And is that a part of the thing you were talking about having a big game and Josh having a big game and having shutting everybody up? Is that kind of what you guys are, are referring to saying you're, you guys are built not for the Buffalo weather or for the long haul, the way you're like a, a high uh, flying yeah. offense almost. You guys hear that? Is that something you do here and there? We, I mean, we hear it a lot. Uh, I mean, this this whole year has been one of those years that we haven't had that much good weather. Uh, we've had rain games damn near every time we played. It was raining. Um, damn near every time we had some type of elements. Like we played the Patriots first time. It was 60 miles per hour when I've never been a part of anything like that. Uh, but, you know, our offense just got to find a way to win. Like we got the quarterback that can make every throw. Like he maybe he had a hell of a throw. Uh, when we played the Patriots the first time, and I, I dropped it, I just couldn't find it. And I'm like, damn, our quarterback's doing everything right. We just got to help him out. And the elements, damn sure, you can you can say they don't play a part, but I remember last year the Ravens had to come and play us, and that was a, that was tough for them too. One, it was cold. Two, it was windy. And we, we're used to it. So, you know, hopefully we got some of a competitive edge. Yeah, I mean, it's windy, snowy with a chance of build those. That is a tough, <laughs> it's going to be a tough <laughs> out up there. Uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Good luck the rest of the way. And thank you for making some time here on this Thursday. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, you too, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stefan Day. Thank yeah! You. Oh, yeah. Joining us now is a man we're also excited to see. Uh, the best jawline in all of sports, college football, national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID champion. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Let's go Centerville. Yeah. 
That's right. What's going on today? I hear it's a big uh, college football day, huh? Uh, we're talking too much college football right now because there's no Thursday night football Thursday, December 30th, 2021. Right now we're experiencing it. But Luke Fickle's boys have a massive opportunity tomorrow, AJ. I know you and Luke text on a daily basis. You probably spoke to the Bearcats this week about winning a, a massive game like you did your freshman year as a national champion for <laughs> the Ohio State. I mean, have you reached out to every single one of the Bearcats individually and said, you're representing Ohio tomorrow. Our Ohio State didn't get the job done. Cincinnati did. Go ahead and wear this state with pride. Go ahead and represent Luke Fickle in that linebacker room in which he was first the assistant coach in Ohio State and what he represents tomorrow. Have you sent that message to every Bearcat on the roster, AJ? Yeah, pretty much that exact thing. I got the uh, the whole contact list of the squad from Luke, and he said, here you go, have at it. Please bug my guys at all times of the night. Okay, so let's start talking about the guys that are on that team. What is your favorite part of that Bearcat, uh, Bearcat squad, and who on that defense do you think really needs to step up and make a big play tomorrow? Uh, for what, am I calling the game? Am I supposed to give you the run? Oh, this guy doesn't even know who's on the team. This guy doesn't even know who's on the team. Come on, what about we, number 52, right? He was the guy, what's his name? Yeah, He's, Keith uh, Lee. Bearcat. Yeah. Keith I saw Lee. that guy wrestle, actually. Incredible athlete. Yeah. Incredible athlete. He's not playing for the Bearcats. I thought it. I think he's like the Bearcat. I, thought. I think he's like 30 or something like that. I do believe him. Yeah, he looks good for 30. Well, he looks great. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I, I, I miss him. I miss him around. But you got to think about, about Cook down there, nose tackle. He's he's going to have to eat, you know, that Alabama offensive line. Good job, Z. And on the offensive side. <laughs> what's that? What you say? <laughs> Nothing. Take your take your earpieces out. And uh, tell me, I, tell will, me I will. I will. I will. Take take my earpieces. Kobe Bryant. Okay. I don't think he's given up a touchdown his entire career. Corner. He, he's he's got incredible length and mm-hmm. in how quick he is and how agile. And he's actually changing his number from seven to eight to honor his Ooh. namesake, Kobe Bryant. During See, the game. I mean, so this is what we're talking about. We don't even we don't live. In the in, when the linebacker pace starts flying around out there, everybody knows like, hey, they go as he goes on the defensive side of the ball. But what we're saying is, you should know a little bit more. Isn't Luke Fickle like your actual friend? He has a massive, massive day ahead of him tomorrow, representing for so many schools. And I, I know that can't be his messaging to the team, but I hope he does acknowledge like how cool it is that that team is even in there. And we just need him cover thirteen and a half. Oh, I think he absolutely knows and is very excited. I, I reached out to him earlier when they got into the playoffs to tell him how excited I was for him. But Luke, is that you've met and talked to Luke. You probably know even from the little bit you talked to him. Like I've even asked him before a couple of years ago. I was like, hey, do you ever uh, you ever like enjoy it? Do you ever smile and say, like, this is cool what I'm doing here? Because he's like changed Cincinnati and he's just so like humble and he's like, come on, yeah, you know, miss. I got so many boneheads I got to deal with every day. Like he just, he's always working. I think right now, He's definitely excited, but he's all like he is laser focused. Hey, born and raised in Ohio, Luke Fickle. Yeah, three time state champ uh, wrestler in high school. Yeah, around the Columbus area. Yeah, he's a monster. Oh, this guy's super Ohio, yeah. dude. Of he's course. Still, he's still pissed. He got second place his second or third place his freshman year in wrestling. Like, it still haunts him. He says. Oh, was he heavyweight? What was his weight division? He's a big guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's in really good shape. He started out at like 135 or something, like super young or super little. Oh, and then he, he eventually won uh, heavyweight his senior year. Uh, we, I, I, I think after meeting Luke Fickle, it makes a lot more sense now that I, I'm being informed that he's just – he's the face of Ohio right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, does he, does he not represent your state perfectly, though? Cincinnati – 
Absolutely. You, I, I think so, right? Like once the fight doesn't give a fuck about anybody, hey, we're going to work for this thing, we're going to earn this thing, and we will not celebrate until we win it all. <laughs> this is a huge – and we talked about this weeks ago and months ago. We're going to get into a point where we start believing that one of these teams <laughs> is going to – you know what I mean? Like, hey, they're going to do it. Gonna, it happens every single year. It is a cycle. It is death, taxes, Brock Lesnar beating up aliens to save America or Hell humans, yeah. mm -hmm. and then boom, college football playoff blowout. Like, that is just something that happens. And every year it spurs the conversation. Have to change it, have to change it. They are changing it, I think, inevitably. But still, being in the Final Four, I hope that they go out there and put on a show, and I think that's what Cincinnati is going to do. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Uh, it's official. Big Ben's last game is on Monday, AJ. You played against Big Ben Roethlisberger. What are your thoughts on how he's going out? And do you think what – the victory parade, the celebration that's going to be Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh against the Browns, is warranted? Or do you think we should wait till after the season for all this stuff? I don't know. I mean, I, I understand trying to honor the dude. Yeah, I've known of Ben since he was in high school. Played against him forever. My brother played with him in college. Like, played against him many times. Played against him in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, like, I've seen him in his magic up close and personal. I think Diggs is doing a good job online. I don't know if Nick's doing the same, like showing their love that they have for Ben and everything he's done for that whole organization. Yeah, I think they're at the stage where it's like four or five years removed already. You know, like most fan bases, whenever somebody leaves and then time kind of heals all wounds. And I'm not saying there's any wounds with the Yenzers and Ben Roethlisberger, but I think a lot of people are like, this should have happened, you know, because – Yenzers have a high expectation for the Steelers. This team currently stinks. He's not playing anywhere near the level he used to play, which is not that long ago, which was very, very, very high. So I think like two years in, there's going to be a lot more appreciation for what Ben Roethlisberger did for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Especially if they struggle at the quarterback position for the next two or three. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember how good we had it when we were just bitching. That would be a lot of conversations. Yeah. But Tone has... A massive amount of love for Seven always yep. has for as a football player. And I think, are you going to get a little emotional, you think, whenever this whole thing comes to an end? Already did this morning. You know, I I thought I was ready for it because, like, all season. Are all, you being serious or not? Yes, right? I'm being 100% serious. Okay. I thought I was serious. I thought I was ready for it. Uh, and then, like, the news today, like, it just kind of hits you. And this guy's been my quarterback for fucking 18 years and 18 winning seasons. He's, my, people talk about Tomlin not having a losing season. Neither has fucking Ben. Two-time Super Bowl, fucking, he's, he's done it all for us. He provided me with so much happiness. And AJ's right, like, especially, like, the next quarterback, he's got no fucking chance, dude. Like, well, we don't know how it's going to be. Maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe Baker Mayfield. Not, no, neither of those Maybe, guys. Maybe, you know, a veteran quarterback who's going to be on tomorrow. Maybe Mariota. Hey, who knows? Timmy Tebow, maybe. Maybe Tebow if he comes back. Well, I, Pat, I you remember what it was like growing up in Pittsburgh when you had the, the Cordell Stewarts, who you thought was going to be a guy. That yeah. didn't work out. We've talked to Cordell before. Tom Zach. Tom Zach. Neil O'Donnell. Uh, Neil O'Donnell. Don't Bobby Brister. Tommy Maddox was good. Hey, Tommy Maddox was quite a character. He got he, Wally Pipped. He could sling the rock, but when Ben Roethlisberger comes in as a young guy and just slings it all over and then wins Super Bowls, Tommy Maddox is an afterthought at this point. He's Drew Bledsoe in this entire story, but there was no dynasty that really took off off the Steelers, even though incredible success. It was at the same time mm -hmm. as the New England Patriots. I wonder what Ben's feeling. You think Ben knew this was his last year when he came into the year? Do you think there was any chance he was going to go on? Do you think he's emotional about this, or you think this is just classic Ben? No, I think he's definitely probably uh, emotional about it. Who knows going into the season? I, I would assume he went into the season thinking it could be his last year, but he was probably hoping, hey, maybe uh, 
if I get this thing going the right direction, maybe I can squeak another year out. Okay, so they're doing that wide receiver number 11, uh, Chase Claypool. Chase comes right out. <laughs> At tight end, rookie Pat Fryermuth. And for the last time ever, Two-time ba 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 champion Ben Roethlisberger. He'll come do his little trot out. You know the way he runs now with this whole. I mean, you know what I mean. But that place will. That place will be. Looks a like your Carson Wentz. How you lumber around, bro? That's what he is. That's that is how Ben is though. Ben is yeah. just getting one foot in front of the other at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's gonna run out this thing. Will we see tear? I bet we. That For bet, sure. I bet For you there will be. Not just if they intro. You think they'll intro him like that when they like list his resume? No. That that's a tough deal to come out and try to play a game after. Oh, yeah. Well, when you get in, introduced last, it's kind of like without reading the entire. You know what I mean? Like without reading the entire. It's gotta be weird for him. It's gotta be really weird for him. I don't know. I wonder how he's feeling. Because he'll do the. I assume he'll do like the "I love you" thing as he's trotting out there or whatever. There'll probably be moments during the game. I like kill once the game gets going cool. Hopefully he starts fast and everything. And then there might be little lulls and in, in. You think they'll show like little video packages throughout the game? Oh like yes. During TV timeouts. Oh, and he's gonna try what to not watch those? Because I remember when Edge, uh, Edger and James was playing for the Cardinals. He came back to play against the Colts, and Jim Mercy loves Edron James. So at, I don't know if it was at the first quarter break or whatever it was, they had an entire montage of Edron James being an absolute stud for the Colts. And I remember watching it, and Edge is like one of the coolest dudes of all time, so he did a whole thing, you know. But I remember watching it, like, oh, I think that would make me a little emotional, like if I was, you know, in the middle of this. But once again, I'm not somebody that matters on a football field. So I guess that it's, you know, like – if they ever did that for you, would that be something you'd get emotional or you would just have to block it out, I guess, because at that moment you're just, i got to go no, run my face at somebody. It'd be hard for me to block it out, yeah. I don't think I could. Knowing yeah. Ben feels like he'd, he'd peak. Feels like he'd pretend he'd to not to. watch, but he'd be peaking up there. He said it's going to be one of the most important games of his career, so I'll be excited. I'm, I'm excited to see if for uh, Renegade, they normally That's what I'm saying. They normally go def- all defensive highlights. I'd be I I hope they go all Ben highlights for right Yeah, cuz the defensive highlights are like that you got jacked up mm-hmm. basically. You know, Pittsburgh when they're not on TV, all those things that people are getting fined for are being run on the jumbo drone yeah. to get Pittsburgh going while Brett Michaels is, you know, doing Is Brett gonna be there? For my life from the law. That's what Brett Mike uh, Brett Michaels gonna be Ben Roethlisberger said he's inviting family and friends and old teammates. Brett Michaels is all three of those. Yeah. <laughs> he's an old teammate. That's right. I didn't think that's where that was going. Well, didn't he say he's going to have Brett Michaels induct him into the oh. family when he no. goes in? And maybe. I mean, imagine he's gonna, Michaels. He's going to sing him in. That's what I say. He comes sliding in. You know, I'm he's still gonna... not ruling out Ben riding out of the tunnel on the Harley That'd with Michaels awesome. on the back playing Standing. guitar. Like, you know how those cops stand on top of motorcycles when they're doing the traffic stuff? <laughs> Brett Michaels is going to be standing on the back of the Harley. <laughs> All right, guys. It's fucking... Let's not lose our legitimacy here, please. They should let Ben throw the ball every single that, play on I hope, offense. Well, ben will wow. have Ben throw the ball. <laughs> this <has> been, <laughs> what are we even? This has been going around. Like people have been saying on the internet, on Twitter, like they hope this is like Kobe's last game where Ben throws yes. the ball 75 times. Yeah, how many shots did Kobe put up in his last game? A lot. 60-something. And how many points did he have? Or 60-something. Yeah, 60-something points. Ah, those were awesome days when Kobe was doing his last lap and oh, it was yeah. just like if he was in the mood to just be like, all right. 
Literally, this team fucking stink. By the way, don't look now. LeBron James has to hate all of his teammates. Oh. He's averaged like 30-some points in his last five games, and they've gone two and six or something, or two and four in that time. LeBron James right now cannot be happy about what's going on in Los Angeles. And this is not a basketball show at all, <laughs> but everybody's saying, look for the Lakers to get a little antsy around the trade deadline because he's taking a lot of heat right now for stinking at basketball and piecing his team together and having their uh, – that everybody over to the house so we can get on the same page. Let's go to Vegas together. Everybody get on the same page. I guess they stink at basketball together for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. And he's playing his best ball yet, and he's not getting any type of credit. Are they healthy? Like, are these guys hurt or what? Russ was playing last night. I guess AD was also. I, it's Hey, it, what happened last night? I saw the little highlight I saw. I don't know what show it was. They said, oh, LeBron went off and they showed his stats. But they said Russell Westbrook was Russell in the fourth quarter, and they end up losing. What does that mean? I don't know. And then Russell came out, and I saw a clip. Once again, this is you and me not being great sports <laughs> show hosts. But Russell came out and said, everybody expects me to have like 30, 15, and 15 every single night. Like, yeah. that is not that is not possible, basically, because he is such an absolute stud. But that was whenever he was on a team, right, where he was the guy. Yes, yeah. exactly. So now there's other people, and everybody wondered if they were going to be able to fit in. I don't know enough about basketball. Happy birthday, LeBron James. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. LeBron. Thanks for everything, man. Honestly. You know, you your friends doing business, crushing it, doing your thing. There's been a lot of shit that you've done that a lot of people said this guy's the worst human on earth. But I think that's going to happen when you're LeBron James. You've been famous since you're 12 years old. Uh, job well done, sir. Job well done. Thank Another you, LeBron. Thank Do your thing. Uh, thanks for everything. So let's get back to the Ben Roethlisberger conversation. Rest in peace, Kobe, obviously. Mm -hmm. But he's good. I assume he's going to be checking a lot, Blaze. I assume there's going to be a lot of him yeah. running over to people. Because we were told during the COVID year on defense side of the ball that Roethlisberger with no crowd would actually jog over to his wide receivers and the corners would have to act like they didn't hear him telling post to the yeah. – he's a classic old-school throwback football player. We'd love to see all of that. One last scramble – where he's just like getting killed after his fifth hit on one play, mm -hmm. falling and launching like a 50-yard ball somehow. It would be cool if he just played the hits on Monday night. He, and he wears a boot to the, the presser afterwards. Oh, maybe that's... coming out of the tunnel, two boots. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. And he starts like Forrest Gump coming out of the... <laughs> and then he's just bopping around. <laughs> This one with both boots on. A sling on this arm. Yep. sling on this arm. Deck brace. Just a whole Ben Roethlisberger. And then Brett Michaels comes and unstraps all of that, and he runs out for the first series. Yeah. Both hands of love on each side. And then he takes the boots off. And then, yeah, we're throwing the ball 65 times today. It's 13-0 at home against the Brownies. Would love to get to 14-0. Hey, good luck out there, Ben. Hell of a run, bub. Hell of a career. Um, Darius Leonard has been activated back due to the five-day rule that was once a 10-day rule that was once a you-need-to-test-out-of-this-thing, you-need-to-get-a-negative test, is now if you're non-vaccinated and you pop a positive test, whether it's Omicron or anything else, you are out for five days and you don't have to test negative. Your symptoms just have to get better. If you're vaccinated, you can test out after two days, three days, or four days. Uh, five days is the max. Anybody will be away from their team. Ian Rapport told us, that IQ via the spot testing company, they're doing the test early in the week, AJ. 
So if you start doing the math on when guys can come back. Yeah, we don't pass. We don't test past what, Tuesday? Bingo. Yeah, early in the week is how Ian described <laughs> it. But once you start doing the math, it's like, oh, this is how the NFL and the NFLPA figured out a deal. How do guys not miss games? How do we keep it as safe as possible? How do we still test? How can the NFLPA still say we care about health? We care about uh, everybody's futures. We don't know what this virus is going to do to your body 10 years from now. We need to keep the testing. We need to keep it safe. We can't have them, uh, anything like that. And the NFL is like, well, how about we do this? We do this. We do this. Deal is made. Both parties win. Here we go. We got full lineups probably the rest of the way. It's awesome. I think that's what that's what they're there for. That's why the PA needs to be there to fight. That's why the NFL will reevaluate these protocols. I think it's they averted what could have been a disaster. I think late in the uh, in the postseason. Darius Leonard coming back's a big deal. He got. The, by the way, a lot of these guys and a lot of losses happen because teams are out there. But everybody's feeling as if everybody's going to have to go through this. Probably the Dallas Cowboys have not had the big homie Omi Omicron come through their village yet. Something to think about going. Do forward. we know what players? have had it though on the Cowboys I'm sure you could look that up yeah and are they still in their 90-day period where they don't have to get tested because for instance Darius Leonard non-vaccinated he just got back he got a week to rest his ankle right now would have loved to have him on the field he probably creates two more turnovers he probably breaks some record he's getting screwed somehow stats wise because he wasn't able to play although he just he chose not to get vaccinated he ended up with it I'm just talking about strictly football conversation not outside the world conversation he got to rest his ankle the colts got a win now he doesn't have to be tested all the way through the super bowl carson wentz going to be the same thing he'll come back he doesn't have to get tested all the way through the super bowl it is it's almost like uh, all hell is breaking loose chaos we should panic and then here i am a week removed and i'm like the colts are in a really good spot now basically all their stars aren't getting tested for 90 days they got through it with a win somehow over the Cardinals. The Hard Knocks episode last night was awesome. The offensive line coach might be one of my favorite humans of all time. He said last night, we got to stop fucking holding, okay? If you want to see me on the plane back home today, stop holding. If you like me, keep your hands inside. If you don't like me, keep fucking holding. That was his message to the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th string offensive linemen that were blocking for Jonathan Taylor for 100 yards. Incredible coaching. Happy we got to see it. Did not know this guy existed. But they got to win through that thing. You just got to hope you get through it. And that game isn't as detrimental as it could be for your future. Absolutely. But now if we know that they're testing early in the week, we probably won't see anybody out, right? Yeah, and the Cowboys, this is probably Jerry really pushing this thing. Unless yeah, somebody yeah. gets really I'm, sick, I'm, obviously, and yeah. has bad symptoms and goes and self-reports. Right. Yeah, self-report on a Thursday or a Friday, I That'd guess. That'd be the only way. And if you're vaccinated, Rappaport said it's possible that you're still back on Sunday. Because you can test mm-hmm. out of it. Right. Good. Are other sports doing similar things? Well, the NHL is just moving games. The NBA is doing The NHL anything. has adopted the same policy as the NFL, though, in terms of the five-day. Exactly what we thought was going to happen, right? Yeah, as soon as the much. NFL does anything, everybody else is going to do it. The NHL, now Canada, they got to deal with Canada as well. That's which is, the problem. And Rupper will be joining us in about 10 minutes. You know Rupper? Yeah, I, I think I've talked to him on here before, but yeah, I watch. I see him. He's he, awesome. He is quickly becoming one of my uh, favorite hockey players of all time. He's an Ohio guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, not all of you. No, no, you don't want to paint with a broad brush. Yeah, but you just, I mean, we're a lot because we're not from Ohio saying he's an Ohio guy, so it's good. You being from Ohio saying, yeah, of course, he like, that's not the case with all Ohioans. Okay, let's. <laughs> I didn't say it was. 
Well, you yeah, intimated that that's what that. you were. Okay. I will say the Ohio that's tribe. That's your truth. The, <laughs> the Ohio tribe of people, I think the yeah. most, you can, most consistent group. You know exactly yes. what you're getting, I think, whenever you meet. <laughs> right? Do you? I, people, I, I mean, Pittsburgh, although not a state, I'd say Pittsburgh people also have a lot of pride in who they are. I think so. I think you could probably get a pretty good feel on who a person is if they say, hey, I'm from Pittsburgh. You know a lot of things immediately. Not that everybody from Pittsburgh is that, but I think Ohio kind of has that similar. The two groups are very, very similar human beings. Uh, they just happen to hate each other because sports teams. Yeah, we're just a little tougher. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh people. Because steel, steel mill. Steel mill, yeah, because we, we built, built, the country, built the country. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. You I don't mean, even have you, a building. When was the last time you lived in the state? Ha! Huh? Yeah, you heard me. I've been there, man. I was just bringing the air two weeks ago, dude. That's right. I went down there and drank a little Monongahela water and Allegheny water, and then I ended it with the chaser of the Ohio River water, dude. We, we were talking. We were talking about how excited we were get to get back there for Christmas break, so that we could walk into the Mon in Allegheny and get rebaptized in our they, grit. Yeah, cleanse our bodies. Uh, Monday night football isn't that a game? Dig should go to AJ. Don't you think that's a game the tone Dig should go to? Ben Roethlisberger's last game in. Pittsburgh 2021 season, uh, you know, has regular it. season. Yeah, he did say that last regular season. Yeah. Are they both still technically alive? Yes, yes, very much so. And this wow. is a big deal. This game is a big deal for both parties. And Pittsburgh and Cleveland will forever be, you know, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I think Tone should go. I just think Tone Diggs should be now, there. Don't count out the Brownies too licking their chops at being able to send Ben out on a sour note after oh. all he's done to them. Thirteen and yeah. zero at home. Again, thirteen and zero at home on prime time. You said no, just thirteen and zero at home versus the Brownies. Jesus, Jesus. And oh, they, they have won their last nineteen Monday Night Football games. The Steelers. Mm-hmm. Oh no! At home, sorry, at home, at home. All these numbers don't scare the shit out of us, or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the first anniversary of Mason Rudolph getting bonked in the head? No, though? no, no. no. They've already okay. had their moment. Okay. 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 There's been many anniversaries. All right, let's move along here. Um, Bengals, the first team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer, which is going to have to happen with the rest of the stats I'm about to read. 1,000-yard uh, rusher, two 1,000-yard receivers, all 25 or younger in the same season. This is via Field Yates and the ESPN Stats and Info, folks. Joe Burrow, who's 25, has 4,165 yards. Joe Mixon, running back, 1,159 yards. Jamar Chase, 1,163 yards. T. Higgins, superstar, 22 years old, 1,029 yards. First team in NFL history for all these guys to be under the age of 25 and have this much success. That means the future is very, very bright. Build them an indoor facility, AJ. Let's go and win something in Cincinnati. Isn't that something we should think about? I mean, maybe, but I think if you build it for them, you can get the naming rights. So I, I thought you may want that. No, I just, I love the fact that this team doesn't know what they don't know yet. I don't know how many contract negotiations have happened through this entire thing. They Smart. You like them like that. Bingo. I think that's a big deal, especially for guys that have all been in rather large moments and have shown up. It's like, hey, we've been here before, but they don't know the business side of it yet, maybe. I'm not calling them dumb. I'm just saying there's some things you got to go through to really get jaded sometimes towards what the NFL is as opposed to a game. But these dudes are a wrecking crew. They locked down some people on the defense as well. We're talking about the Brown Steelers playing on Monday Night Football. The Cincinnati Bengals are now all of a sudden in the conversation of who's going to be the AFC North dog for the next five, ten years. Bart Scott this morning said that the way Joey Burrow talked about the Baltimore Ravens defense and the way he's handled this entire thing after a wink, Martin 
Dale said uh, in a quote that he's not sure they're going to put a gold jacket on Joe Burrow yet whenever he was talking in comparison to Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow said, I heard that, didn't appreciate that. I have the utmost respect for Joe Burrow saying that. I think Wink didn't mean to offend anybody in that conversation, but you, that can happen. Uh, so I like the way their mindset is. Bart Scott said that they just... Uh, Joe Burrow put a red dot basically on his head. And that's not like he said, it's not playing dirty or after the thing or anything like there, but the Bengals and Ravens are going to play each other a lot. And Joe Burrow is going to play the Ravens a lot. And he thinks that it is all of a sudden spurred like, uh, okay, uh, it's on. And I think that's what the AFC North is going to be. That is one of the best built divisions for the future that the NFL has right now. I'm very excited about it. Think of the the hope that the Bengals have. Like the Bengals have hope now, like that's legit. And you know, like they not only are we gonna be good, we're good right now. Now who knows how good that's I mean, they potentially could be unbelievable. The Browns, it's kind of the same hope we had what, two seasons ago heading into the mm-hmm. year? With Baker and like what they were doing, people thought the Browns were going to win the Super Bowl, didn't they? Yes, the Browns were in a conversation this year for the Super Bowl. They get their first playoff win last year. Baker tears his labrum and broken humorous. All right? Yeah. And broken humorous. They lose Odell Beckham Jr. But as we look at that thing, let's go over to the AFC South there. AFC South, the Titans are 10 and 5 right right now. Were they the ones that had 57 different players play for them? The Mm -hmm. Titans. 57 different players playing for them. They're still winning games that. It makes no sense for them to win in the NFL. Now, the Colts just beat the Cardinals with no players, okay? And the Cardinals lost to the Packers with no players. I mean, so what's going on with the Cardinals? I, I mean, that is a whole nother conversation. That's a team. I can't I, believe the Cardinals have 10 wins. That's what's crazy to me. Teams. It feels like forever ago. That's what I'm saying. And I fucking love that team. I love the city. I love the way they're built. I assume their fans are saying the same thing. We could be electrifying. Losing Hopkins is a big deal. But let's get back to the AFC South. The Titans are winning games that nobody expects them to be able to win. 10-5 and five right now in the lead in the Colts division, in which the Colts are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They know they're going to have to win out. They talked about it on Hard Knocks to kind of better their placement in the playoffs, although they have a place right now. They might lose it if they don't win out. Vrabel is like five or six on the Coach of the Year odds. Yeah, he's uh, fifth place right now in the Coach of the Year odds at plus 1,400. He's behind Bill Belichick, Zach Taylor, Frank Reich within the Indianapolis Colts, and I think that's because they were one in four, and then they turned this entire thing around, have gone on a run and looked incredible. They got an MVP candidate, a running back, being able to adjust with a brand-new quarterback in there this year, and all the shit that went through training camp. I think that's why Frank's saying, Frank, after watching Hard Knocks, I have even more respect for that guy. I love the way Frank Reich seems to operate on the day-to-day. I know he doesn't, but it seems like he smokes a lot of weed. I mean, he, I, he does not. I, I don't think he does. I don't think that's his thing. But he seems to just have a different view on the game as a backup quarterback a successful backup quarterback he has a lot to do with the offensive game plan he's calling plays i mean he great coach i absolutely lafleur though and aaron talked about this just the other day he's not in anybody's conversation about coach of the year other than the sports books who have him at the favorite right now because they're 12 and 3 top of the nfl it's beef low there in miami by the way Plus 2,400 sitting right behind Mike Frabel. And then Sean McVay rounds out the top seven there. Go ahead. No, you you were making a great point because Vrabel, uh, obviously, um, Henry's been out for half the season. AJ 57 Br- players. A.J. Brown's been out for five games. Julio hasn't has he played anything. all this season. Like- I love Frank Reich. I'm literally growing to like him more and more as a coach every Hard Knocks episode. But Vrabel, what he's been able to do, I think we've been saying this for a few weeks. Hey, this Ohio, by the way, mm-hmm. which means we own exactly what it means. We know exactly what that means. We meet Vrabes. We probably have some expectations going in. Not good to do that, 
but he's from Ohio. So stats say there's a good chance we probably know a lot about Fraves before we even meet Fraves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of good things. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Gritty, yeah. hardworking, tough guy. Yeah, that's Fraves. Probably some stubbornness in there. Probably quick to sense bullshit and hate him. I mean, Ohio is good awareness. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I, okay. I do believe. And I'm not saying there's any. Um, and maybe there are a bunch of. Uh, Nobel Peace Prize and whatever the smart awards are coming out of Ohio. Street smarts in Ohio, though, very big. I I think street, just like Pittsburgh, by the way. We're describing, we're a little bit grittier, tougher, but I (laughs) I think Pittsburgh, Ohio, similar. Vrabel not being up higher was was alarming, I think, to both me. I think Foxy Mm -hmm. and media. Vrabel should be in this conversation as well, and it's because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do any conversations. He doesn't do any media. He was in Man in the Arena. He doesn't care. You think he cares about Coach of the Year? Like, he wants to win the Super Bowl. Nothing else matters. He... He told Taylor LeJuan he'd cut his dong off for another ring as a coach. So, like, I don't think many any of these coaches truly care about getting coached. Hey, congrats. You got knocked out first round of the playoffs, but you did get coach of the year. Like, they don't want that. Yeah, this is kind of like, um, you know, when the personal awards outweigh the team awards, uh, you want to get that person off your fucking team. You know? Yeah. Like, hey, when this person is worried about this, much more. When it's, when it's pretty apparent, they're all about – their own individual awards much more than what the team does. Yeah, it's, it may uh, cause a fracture in the team. Oh, congrats, man. Okay. Let's get that person the fuck. <laughs> and by the way, very Ohio of Raves not to care and everything like that, but I do believe there should be a little bit more respect put on his name. And, and I, that's not saying that Frank Reich doesn't deserve it. Or... Hey, but if the floor wins, though, think about it. If the floor wins, everyone's going to say, wait, give me Aaron Rodgers. I'll be coach of the year, too. So I actually told him that. In the conversation, whenever you uh, oh, you're you're dealing with Omicron at the time, I think mm-hmm. was that where you, you were at Omicron? No, you had vacation day. Vacation, 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 day? vacation. Yeah. So I told when I talked to him on Tuesday, I said Lafleur has no shot, you know, because he does good. He has Aaron Rodgers. He does bad. He has Aaron Rodgers. How's he losing? And Lafleur has been very quiet. And I think Aaron has been very much pro Lafleur from the very beginning. I don't. Publicly, I guess, from the very beginning, it was like they were going to hate each other because I guess Aaron didn't have any say in who was being hired. Nobody really knew what the fuck LaFleur was coming out of Tennessee. I I think his name kind of came out of nowhere. And somebody who was close to Aaron allegedly said that he said he wasn't happy that he wasn't part of the process, which is Aaron Rodgers' life at this point. Who knows if he said that or not. It became a thing. Then to Mike Murphy, you don't be the problem, remember, which has been debunked since then from Aaron Rodgers about Mark Murphy never saying that. But it all built to the narrative that Aaron in the floor, two young offensive, uh, you know, guys aren't going to get along. Aaron's not, there's no way Aaron's going to allow this guy to succeed. And I think after that first year where Aaron threw like 26 touchdowns, two interceptions or mm-hmm. whatever, and it was a down year for him. And then he went into the Zoom offseason because COVID was happening. And Aaron told us that he and LaFleur basically went through like every play. What do we like? What do we don't like? Got on the same page even more. I'm not sure there's a lot of quarterbacks and head coaches doing that. Some, obviously. Some, but not a lot. I think LaFleur has tried to do his best to not only earn the trust of Aaron, but also earn the respect of Aaron with the amount of work he puts in. Aaron's always like, this guy just always does his work. He doesn't say anything. He gets a fresh fade every day. They trim his eyebrows every day. But other than that, he just looks at football. LaFleur had no shot. I don't think he gives a fuck. But he's won a lot of games, and he's only going to continue to get better, we'd assume. Yeah, he is. I think he's done a great job of it. Think about it. Yeah, of course, you're coming in, you're coaching the, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You get him playing at a, at a crazy high level. But to ba- think of all the stuff he probably has had to deal with behind oh. the scenes, trying to balance out, okay, 
obviously I'm all in with Aaron. I, I'm, I'm on board with him. But then the whole situation last offseason, the front office, like how do you balance those relationships when you're still trying to win games and, like, and help put a roster together? And you're the offense coordinator, so Jordan Love also. Yeah, exactly. How do you manage everything involved? Yeah, there's a lot going on there that we don't see. Yeah, because every press conference while Aaron and Green Bay were at odds this offseason, and every time LaFleur spoke, he couldn't bury Jordan, mm -hmm. but he also had to, you know, let Aaron know publicly, like, Watch it, your back. and let the team know, hey, we have Aaron's back here. We would like Aaron. It's just very fine balance, not easy to do. LaFleur has done a fantastic job, and nobody really talks about him ever. I'm happy that Aaron gave him a shout-out. The sports books feel the same. But Vrabes, I think, has a case to be pissed off, just like Titans fans have a chance to be pissed off at Danzu's for his power rankings. All these coaches make the NFL much better. Belichick should be up for GM and Coach of the Year. I don't know why that doesn't happen. Has he ever won uh, Executive of the Year? I Probably assume not. so. Probably does, not. Is that an award that, does that go to GMs every year? Yeah. I bet he, you know, if he hasn't won that, I bet he's very pissed. He loses sleep over it. I, I bet you he knows. <laughs> I bet you he knows. But he's always classified as a coach. You're like, right. He does way more than that. He's not. He, the fact that he's been able to do both, contract negotiation, strategy. He's basically an owner, too. He's like coach, GM, like co-owner almost. That's like when I look at The Rock and I'm like, how do you have enough time? How, all these other coaches. It's too many phone calls. Too yeah. many phone calls for those guys to deal with. And he's got to deal with the agents of people. And, they, like, I don't know how. I guess that's why he brought back Matt Patricia to kind of help him deal with all that. Yep. <laughs> and he had other stuff going on. Joining us now is a man who is not from the sport of football, but he is an absolute legend from the sport of hockey. Uh, Ohioan, I believe he's from Cleveland. Uh, Brown Stink, that's not this guy's fault. He was a Penguin, which means he's played for the greatest organization in all of NHL. One of the co-hosts of That's Hockey Talk, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Ropper. What's up, fellas? How are you doing today? What are you doing? Get a little workout in out there. No, man, I'm on. Uh, I'm run running the NHL Network studio. I just pulled over on the Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> Classy rest area I'm at right now, but uh, getting the call done. Okay, well, you, you're hosting a show I heard today. Uh, old Ruppers uh, rain in the entire NHL network this evening at 3.30. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I haven't got any details, but NHL now is on from 4 to 6. And normally we got Jackie Redman, great host on that show. I don't know what happened, but I got the call from the bullpen. They went, <laughs> bring, in, bring in the lefty, and they're bringing me in this one. And I don't know, I'll be honest with you, this is either going to be something that's going to be really big for me or it's probably going to end everything so i don't know how it's going to go but i'm a, i'm i'm ready for it let's do it we're talking to the stanley cup champion and danbury trasher legend yeah. uh rupper wearing the galante hoodie right now let's go trashers let's go trashers yeah. uh the best team that has never really got fully blossom i think yeah you know, they're probably <laughs> gone too soon they are they're very much so and it we have nothing but love for everything over there, and that's how we learned of Rupp, I believe. I learned of Rupp, got a chance to chat with Rupp. Now I'm learning even more about Rupp. Incredible stories, knows everybody. Now he's on NHL Network hosting for two hours. I mean, this guy is the face of hockey at this point. Rupp, quick question. What's going on with hockey? Games are canceled. They were moved. Canada yeah. isn't letting people in there. What does the next few weeks look like for hockey? And tell me why the, the Penguins are the greatest team in handling all of this, please. <laughs> all right, well, listen, we, we got – I think a lot of leagues and a lot of places are, are watching the NFL, how things are being managed by the NFL. They're kind of paving the way for some of these other leagues. The NHL is a little bit of a different animal, though, because we've got seven teams in Canada. And Canada's got some pretty restrictive uh, COVID situations and protocols in place. So it, it makes it where, all right, we don't want to lose the gate. These Canadian 
teams don't want to lose the gate. The, the one thing that we got to remember in all this pandemic, the players in the NHL owe the owners a billion dollars that's going to be paid via escrow over the next number of years. So we don't want these games to be played in front of no fans. So they're kind of delaying these games, see if they can kick the can down the road, the road a little bit. So in places like Montreal or Toronto or Ottawa or, or whatever the place is in Canada, where we, they could be played in front of fans. So right now I, they just adopted and, and had some talks. And obviously the CDC, we all know, has been taking down the 10-day uh, kind of waiting period down to five. So the NHL is now instituting that. So it managed just kind of right now we're kind of trying to plow through. Game started up the last couple nights and, uh, you know, keeping your fingers crossed to keep this thing moving. Rupper, who are some of the like, a handful of the best teams in the NHL right now? I can't get a straight answer. Pat continues to always say the Penguins are going to win. I was about to say Penguins. I never Penguins. really know what's going on there. Well, let me give you let me give you the tiers. I'm a big tier guy. I like to okay. put the like this is tier one and blah blah blah. After that, yes. tier one in the NHL for me is Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, back to back Stanley Cup champs. I wouldn't be shocked if they win it again. Plug your ears there, Pat. Uh, so them probably. <laughs> It, it, they're they're the they're, they're the top tier. They're cheating with the and, salary cap. They're cheating down there. <laughs> that's a that's a fair conversation to have. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we got the Florida Panthers. I would put up there. The Colorado Avalanche are going to be in that mix as well. Although they're not in that place in the standings right now. They're just the dangerous teams. That next tier, you got the Washington Capitals. I love the St. Louis Blues, um, the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and I would probably put the Pittsburgh Penguins in here. So I mean, this is a yeah. team that probably. this is a team that no one's really paying attention to. And they've been doing a heck of a job navigating through all these injuries. Evgeny Malkin is 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 back. Uh, or not, not sorry, not back. He's back on the ice. He's back moving and going. And and he says his knee feels two hundred percent stronger. I don't know what that means. Our that sounds fucking amazing, though. Right? If I felt two, if I felt two hundred percent better, I'd be playing right now too. So uh, you know, it's uh, they're going to get Malkin back. So don't sleep on the Penguins. But it's kind of wide open, to be honest with you. I, I still think Tampa going into the Christmas break. They won two cups in a row. They were without two of their top players for the first half of the season for the most part, and they're still in first place in all the NHL. They're getting those guys back. I still think it's their cup to lose and look out for the Lightning. Um, when does this start to matter? You know, like when, when, yeah. when, like when's a good time to get hot? You know, when's a good time to get hot, you think? Is it after the new year here? Is it like a month from now? When do you think the teams need to get hot if they really want to go on a run? And when will we learn which teams probably aren't going to be in any of the tiers you're speaking of? Um, you know, you got you, right now you can start. I mean, when you're talking points in the NHL, like six points is a lot, eight points is a lot, and, and it's hard to overcome those. You can still do it now because it's January. But you're going to be starting to run out of time for teams that are really far back there. But as far as hitting your stride at the right time, that's going to come in, you know, anywhere from the last probably 15, 20 games left. You see teams start to get on a run. Like, that's where the magic happens. We've seen teams in all sports who get wild card positioning. They get in the playoffs, and they go on an absolute tear, and they run through. It's because they're playing well. At the same time. I, I was with the New York Rangers the one year we were up for the President's Trophy for the league's best record. All year – we dominated all season long, but we kind of ran out of gas like the last 10 games. And I don't know, say we were, you know, four and six in our last 10 games. Then we came limping in the playoffs. And it didn't really matter what we did prior to that, right? So, uh, you know, look at look for the teams that are going to hit in stride. I'd say middle of February, 
the teams that get on some good runs, I mean, if they can get in, you got to look out for them. All right, let's figure it out, Sid. All right, speaking <laughs> of, how's Sid playing? Sid playing? Are we, uh, we? I know games have been moved and canceled. Have you got any updates from Sid's house, house pond that he's skating on, working on? Is he still greatest player in hockey? Who is greatest player in hockey right now, uh, aside from Sidney Crosby? Uh, hey, you know what, Sid? Sid's right there, man, and, and this guy. Yeah, uh, he the, the one thing was Sid. And we talked about it. We talked about it on that talking talk, and we told some stories about it. And I know you guys know this as well. Like he is, boy, he's he is a creature of habit, man, more than anybody else. And you know, greatness. Anybody who plays the sports, like you know, you, you do the same thing every day. You eat the same damn food every day. You go to sleep at the same time every day. This guy is to is on another planet with that. So he didn't start the season with training camp, man. He had his wrist surgery. It took him some time to get going. And, uh, but, you know, he's not, I guess my point is he's not fully there yet, but he's still a hell of a player right now. And this team is, uh, is loaded to, uh, to, to make a good run. And Gino, like I said, there's going to be a lot of motivation. He is uh, pending UFA. Chris Letang's a pending UFA. There's a lot of question marks what the team's going to do. I think there's a lot of chips on the, on the shoulders of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, Sid will lead that and, and carry this team a long way. Is McJesus the guy then? He's the best player. Who's the best player in hockey, you think? Stoner. Who are Stoner. Uh, I, Connor, Connor's the best. Connor's the best offensive player in the league, and and I hate always giving it like that, you know, kind of giving it the, the best offensive. What does that mean, Rupper? Like, what, what, what do you mean? It's not that you're not good all around. Like, what I'm saying is, like, when you're talking about putting the puck in the net, which is you know, kind of the name of the game, he's the best. He's the best. I don't think it's even close to be honest. With you. His teammate Leon Drysaddle is probably the closest, but after that, as far as complete hockey players, you know, you got guys who are up for the MVP that don't get enough love. I think Mark Stone is, is, is one of those. I mean, he's a guy, he won, he won the, he's won the Selkie for, you know, the league's best uh, defensive player. Um, he can put up points. He drives offense from the wing, which is really difficult to do. Uh, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of names out there uh, as far as, but the, the Hart Trophy winner, the league MVP up to this point, it's Alex Ovechkin. What he's doing right now is incredible. I don't know how, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know if it's straight up Russian gas or what it is, but this guy just doesn't stop. You know, the guy doesn't stop. I mean, he's, he's however old he is right now, is he 30, oh, he's what, 37 years old, somewhere around there. This is the best numbers, complete numbers he's put up in his career. So I think if, the, if it ended today, the league MVP would be over. Okay, quick question before AJ has one other than Stoner. Um, Whenever you talk about the NHL locker room dynamic, it's much different than the NFL one, but you still are a melting pot of a bunch of different backgrounds. But in hockey, it's, you know, Russia, Sweden, Canada, Norway. What is, I guess, if you play hockey your entire life, but as an Ohioan, in what we know about Ohioans, generally, as a rule of thumb, about Ohioans being Ohioans, what is, what's that? Uh, being unbelievable, but you go ahead. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. that's what you're thinking. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that locker room dynamic. It, does everybody speak English? Is there is is that as big of a like camaraderie in the NFL is a massive deal. You can see what teams like each other in the NHL with how many different languages and backgrounds. Is there a big camaraderie factor in that thing? What do you guys just all get absolutely hammered together? How is the behind the scenes stuff of the NHL? It's funny you say that because you sit there and, and guys are joke around. So in the locker room, it's not about, hey, you're playing in North America here. you got to speak English. We respect guys that come over, and you might have five Czech guys on your team. You might have two or three Russians. But inside that room, you got to speak English because nothing's worse. Is like, you know, I remember early on in my career, you'd have a couple of Russians on the team. In between periods, you know, some of the boys would be like, 
you know, hey, AJ, yeah, good period, man. Hey, when, you know, chip it by this guy. I'm going to go in there and you're talking gameplay. You're getting talking strategy. And then you get some of the Russians over there and they're like, rougher. Like, fucker, I hear you. Like, I know my name. I know my name. And it, it didn't sound like the tone was re real positive. So, you know, there's a, what you say in those moments, you say, hey, guys, English, 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 English. And, and the guys are receptive to that. They know it's, it's about us coming together and working together. But it, you know what? That's the, the, the great thing in the NHL. And I'm sure it's like that in football and all other sports. We have 82 games. You get out on the road. You go to dinners. You fling stories. You know, you, you're, you're talking. You're having some beers. You know, I mean, those are those are the biggest things you you miss as playing as a player when you're done playing. It's that camaraderie. So I can be, you know, there's there's parts of northern Sweden that see about three hours of daylight in a day. That kid grew up. I'm playing with them. We could be best of boys, and I, I find that to be pretty spectacular, man. Because there's not many times in this earth where you're introduced to that many different types of people, and it is it is a melting pot. I love it. Rubber, what about like, fighting in the game? I'm sure you get asked about it all the time. Are we going to see more or less as we as the game continues to go on? I know they want to take out like cheap shots and head shots, but is it always going to still be there and that the threat of fights going to be there? Such an Ohio. It'll always it'll always be there. I don't know if it's going to get, you know, uh more of it. Um I, I think it kind of comes in waves. I mean, early on this season there was quite a bit of it. Uh it, it's always going to be a part of it. I mean, you can ask in those great players we talked about. You talk to Ovi, you talk to Sid, you talk to Connor McDavid, you, you talk to any of these guys, everybody wants it. Everybody wants fighting in there. It's a vehicle to, uh, some people may not see it or understand it, but it's a way to keep people safe, keep people accountable. Uh, when you, listen, when you're going out there and you're trying to play against Sid or Connor, you, you want to make life miserable for them. But, and, and when you have 18 guys on the other team who feel like there's no, there's, 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 you don't consequence. have to be accountable. Consequence. Yeah, there's no consequence. Well, now you got 18, you got 18 rats on the other team that are going to be all over the star players. Well, you know what? If you could throw a big boy out there who's going to stand up, I don't know, maybe take a sussy and, and take a five-game suspension <laughs> on trying to send a message. You know what? Now all of a sudden that, now all of a sudden that, all of a sudden that 18, all of a sudden that 18 drops to five. Maybe there's only five guys on your team that are brave enough to still go at those guys knowing that they might have to pay the piper. So I think that's something that the players will fight for till the end of time. They want fighting in hockey. I don't know, AJ, if it's going to grow and get more and more. Uh, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a spot where everybody wants it. And I think if the players want it, it's going to stay in. How come every time I watch, and it falls in this vein, I believe, but how come every time I watch Wayne Gretzky, he's basically skating on an open ice rink? You know, he's just kind of, he's got nothing but time, and the goalies are wearing less pads than Aaron is here on this bobblehead. And it's, uh, it's a much different game. When did that change? When, when did uh, the goon thing kind of end? Because I remember that being a huge part. Like, Wayne had a guy, like, a protector who came to different teams with him, right? And everybody knew, hey, you do anything to Wayne, this guy is going to fuck you up. So you got to stay away from him to what you just <laughs> said, basically, right? Like that's going to, that, that is how it was for a while. When did it change? Just whenever people thought uh, brain injuries, is that what kind of changed you thing? Was it the, the optics of fighting not being accepted? Why do you think there was a time there where it was kind of just like taken out of the game completely almost, and it's still being able to resurge here through the star players who were like, this is much different than what every other star players had to deal with in the history of hockey? Yeah, I think now you're starting to see more of that, and that's why some of these conversations are being had where they're trying to take some of it out. Obviously, we know in all these sports that the, the dangers of, of – of head trauma. Um, so that, that, that's something I will say this in all the years of playing hockey fights are not where the head trauma is. It's, it's the hits and it's taking the shoulder to the chin. 
In and, the ice, you know, right? Hit, yeah, and hitting the ice and being knocked out before you hit the ice and then hitting your head on the ice. So I think when he talks to a lot of people, a lot of guys nowadays fighting is different. Back in the day, I mean, it was just, you know, you're toe-to-toe. You're eating as many punches as you're given. And, you know, that's changed. It's not like that anymore. You know what I mean? And uh, I think the biggest change, though, was back in 2005, there was the lockout. That was during the Dan Barry Trashers time, during that time. And, uh, you know, there was the lockout. And and, and it was kind of coming off the dead puck era. The dead puck era was the era where the the goals were significantly down in the NHL. People were like, this isn't fun to watch anymore. Fans weren't loving it. Yeah, we like the fight and we like the, you know, the kind of gladiator side of the sport. But we want to see some goals and we want to see some talent. So they changed the rules. And when they changed the rules, it was no obstruction, no hooking. No grabbing. I mean, you used to be able to do whatever you wanted, man. You used to be able to throw up any kind of interference you wanted. It was like playing, you know, uh, it was uh, it was no rules on the playground type like type stuff we're talking. And and they changed those rules. And from that day forward in 2005, coming out of that lockout, it it, it weeded out a lot of guys because now you can't. You know, I'm six five, and I played center at that time, and I played down low, and I'd be playing uh, below the goal line in the defensive zone, and I was confident. I don't care if I go in the corner with a fast, small guy who's going to try to dance me out of the corner. If he dances me and he gets by me, I still got a big wingspan. I can still wrap him up and bring him down. Like, it's not a big deal. And now when they change that, I can't touch him. I got to skate with him. And that changed. All of a sudden, the coach came to me one day. He's like, Rupper, I love what you've done for us at center. It ain't fucking working anymore. You got to go to wing. <laughs> so they moved, they, moved me over, they moved me over to wing, and uh, I was playing along the boards a little bit more. And, and that really changed it, though, Pat, because it's like, those guys kind of got weeded out because there was a time when those tough guys, you know, they weren't the most skilled. Maybe they weren't the fleetest of foot. Uh, but now you're starting to see guys. Here's the here's the kicker. Tom Wilson, which is, a you know, a bad word to a lot of teams, fan bases in the NHL. Nah. Tom Wilson is a unicorn in the NHL because he's six foot four. He's 235 pounds. He hits like a freight train. Very attractive. And he's good. He's he very, plays attractive. Very, very attractive. Very attractive. He's a handsome son of a bitch. He plays on line one with Alex Ovechkin. And, and that's the other part of it. Playing with superstars, if Obi didn't want to play with Tom Wilson, guess what? Tom Wilson would never see the ice with Alex Ovechkin. Obi wants to play with him. And so he plays – and that guy is kind of the nuclear weapon, if you will, in the NHL. Every team set in their fan bases hate him, but 32 teams all want Tom Wilson. So they're looking for that next guy. Who's that six foot four guy who can skate like the wind, run through you, can play with the offensive players? That's that next kind of big money maker in the NHL. He's tight end. That's you're looking for the tight end. Basically, yeah, the yeah, NFL 100%. changed the game, and the tight ends became. Yeah, we did. We went through all of his fights. We believe he is fifty three twenty seven and three in his fighting <laughs> career. That was uh, Zito was the judge, uh, the jury, and the executioner on those fights. <laughs> we you, looked it up you. on YouTube because this was back when he was running everybody, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, yeah. this guy's the worst. And then the Rangers. I think the Rangers were the team that they had to answer the bell basically the next day, and they're playing against. The caps because some guy got taken out and everybody's like hey the rangers are gonna fight tonight they gotta stick up for their guy and i think we might have talked to you or somebody else it was like the capitals they're okay if the rangers are gonna come fight like they are built to fight everybody and that was the day where i had a, the immense amount of respect for both the rangers hockey and the capitals the rangers were the baby face the good guys here they're going to fight and stick up for the good of their teammate and they knew as they were going on the ice 
They were going to get their fucking asses beat by the same yeah. people that beat the fuck out of their teammate the night before, and they had to do it. And the Capitals, I feel like, relished it, right? Mm -hmm. There was seven people in the box. Tom Wilson had his jersey <laughs> off, I think. He, he, was, was, he, he, was, he doing, was flexing. He was doing all that. Yeah, it was like, oh, the Capitals are such a great, like, heel team. Chara wanted to fight people. Mm -hmm. He was on the Caps at the time. He was looking for it, too. He said, come on, let's go. Yeah, you had a fight with Chara, didn't you? I mean, you had to fight that guy six foot, what, nine or seven foot? tall uh, a guy who just throws hands and bombs on the ice yeah man uh i watched a fight this year with chara and you know he's 43 years old i think and he, you know he slowed down the islanders are struggling this year who do you fight nick you remember the who do you fight this year oh he fought that trending uh was it that trending kid in nashville yep so this trending kid, this tr <laughs> yeah this this trending kid in in nashville i think he's a, a russian guy and this guy one punched uh Chara maybe last year or two years ago and they haven't really kind of you know butted heads since and all of a sudden getting this game and this kid what a nut bar this kid is he didn't even fight that much but he but he hit the lottery hit hit Chara knocked the big man down and Chara wanted a piece of him and they fought earlier this year and this kid's face blood <laughs> and I'm like I'm like oh my god like, I'm just glad I wasn't him but, uh, you know, Chara, I think he's starting to understand now. I got to do something different. He's got that scary mentality once again. He used to be one of the league's top-end defensemen. He knows at his age right now he can't do some of those things. So now he's just blooding people up and trying to crack their skulls. Right there. There it is. Look at my face. My face right there. That wasn't fun, man. So hold on. Yeah. You lost this, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. I lost it before we even dropped the glove. You know, I remember I, I was I was lined up with one tough guy already and Sean Durgan and we we had a few bouts and he just goes to me. He leans in, gets real close to me, and we you know we're shoulder to shoulder on the face off, and he goes, "Hey, Rupper, uh, I think the big man wants you back there." And I kind of like lean back and I look around him and Char's looking. He's like, "Come on, let's go. Come on." And so as soon as I drop the gloves. And you're skating in those 20 feet to go engage with this guy. Oh. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? What am I doing? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess, you know, we, we talk about years later. I was actually playing in Minnesota my last year, and I had knee surgery. I was out. And my son, Mason, um, who he's 17 now, but at the time he was, uh, you know, Mason was probably 10 or 11. And uh, Char was his favorite player. And, you know, he saw, he knew. Char was his favorite player before I fought him. And so I said to Mason, I'm like, hey, Mace, uh, I'm not playing tonight. Let's go to the game. After the game, I'll bring you down. You can meet Big Z after the game. He's a really nice guy. He's a great dude. All right, cool. So after the game, we go down there. Z comes walking out. And uh, he's standing there, and he was awesome with Mason. He is literally is the, the biggest class act ambassador to hockey. He's talking to him. Get a picture with him. I get the picture developed. Gets Char to sign it. This little turd puts the picture above his bed of me getting my ass kicked by Zdeno Char. <laughs> so he's got, he's like, he's like, Dad, can you sign my, can you sign my picture? Because I got, I got Z on it already. So I'm like, why would you hang a picture of your dad getting beat up above your bed with, with this guy signing? Like, that's not that cool. And he's like, I think it's awesome. So, <laughs> uh, Kids are the best. Go ahead, Tone. Rupper, we talk about how camaraderie uh, in the NFL in the locker room is huge. I lived across the street from Max Talbot uh, during all those playoff runs, and I saw a lot of camaraderie happening in the south side. Uh, were you a part of that? And are all NHL players just a bunch of big booze bags? 
Great question. <laughs> hey, you brought up the one guy. Hey, listen, Max Talbot. So you brought up the South one guy. guy. I know. I looked down, across the street. Down, down by Southside, there's um, – This is Pittsburgh, uh, by the way. This is a strip yeah. of bars. It is an, It had a Guinness most Book World pop, Record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, what is it? It's the most – those bars in uh, – Per – Per capita. Per square. Per capita, okay. Yeah, some whatever yeah. it is. That's a lot of yeah. boozing. A lot of booze. A lot of Yinzers, a lot of booze. So – so Talbot, Talbot has the boys over uh, one night, and I haven't gone down to his place yet. He had a great spot, right? That's outside. So we all, the place we would always go is, is, is uh, Mario's. It was oh, right yeah. down there, you know? Yeah. And we would go into Mario's, and we're having beers. And Talbot's like, it was the end of the night. He's like, hey, let's go have, we'll, we'll bring it back to my, my, uh, my apartment here. I'm like, all right, cool. We walk out. So th- I'm going to do it right now. We walk out, you know, Mario's right here. Walk out the back door. We turn. We walk. We're, uh, we turn right here. It's his front door. <laughs> Where are we right now? His 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 door to this great this great pad was literally fifteen steps from Mario's. I'm like, Talbot, man. I mean, this guy be fun, but you might you might need to change some things if you want to see the outside. And uh, Max is one of the best, man. He's an absolute gamer, a Pittsburgh legend, a uh, good friend now. And uh, yeah, man, life down there with Talbot. It's interesting. It's an interesting spot, to say the least. Those are dog years down on our south side. <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy who lived there for 25 years, Nick Morota. Long time. Rupper, uh, real quick, you played in Minnesota. The Winter Classic is still happening uh, on Saturday. I don't think people know this. Uh, the St. Louis Blues are going to Minnesota at Target Field. St. Louis still has a team? To play the Minnesota Wild. You played in a couple of these outdoor <laughs> games. Can you talk about what it's like? It's awesome for them, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I played in two. I played one at Heinz uh, Field, obviously in Pittsburgh. That was against Pittsburgh and Washington. Uh, that was in 2011. and 2012, I played in the one in Citizens Bank Park in Philly when I was with the Rangers against the Flyers. I didn't have to deal with uh, – we had some weather in Pittsburgh. It was raining. It was like the ice. The, the, the rain's the worst part as far as the ice conditions. And when you get the ice getting a little bit soupy. And I remember there was the, the passes were coming on the ice. And it's going through puddles, right? And the, the, there was spray. It was spraying up over the heads of players. So players, a lot of players were opting. I didn't wear a visor, and now you have to. But at that time, you had an option. Guys who had their visors on, and they're trying just to receive a pass, and they're just getting sprayed. Can you imagine? It's like me throwing you a football, and then right before you catch it, I just take a spray bottle and I go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So guys are like, guys are coming off the bench. You're like, fuck this. Take this shit off. Guys are taking their visors off it. You're just adjusting. You're trying to do anything you can to survive in the game. The weather, we had, though, was 35. I mean, you, you, you went out there. You wore your layers. You thought, hey, it's going to be cold. I had my eye black on. Oh. I, uh, I had all these different layers on. And so then cool. guys went out for warm-ups, and they came back in. And, again, creatures of habit. Guys are like, get the shit off me. I'm going to go the way I always go inside the arena. So guys would just go back to what they normally would. That isn't going to be the case here. This is a different animal in Minnesota. They're expecting a high of negative five. This isn't wind chill. This is negative five. A high of negative five. He said between negative five, negative 15. And so everyone's like talking about, you know, the players on the ice. But I'm, for selfish reasons, me and Kevin Weeks, we're fucking covering this thing in a suit on the side of the floor. <laughs> So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I'm going. I, I already said I'm like, I'm going to Dick's tomorrow. I'm getting that, you know. AJ, give me any tips on what I can wear. You, you played in Lambo. Hey, I need go. something, dude. Wear a wetsuit. Like wear old a Tom suit. Brady, get that wetsuit. Yeah, get a wetsuit in there. You know, cook the body I a little get, bit. 
I, I, I might make my suit wet just to try to stay warm. Like, it's going <laughs> oh, to be start nasty. peeing yourself. It will turn <laughs> yeah. cold, though. Rupp, we have to get to hour three here. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We'll watch you on NF- our NHL Network. Congrats on the hosting gig, huh? Here we go. This guy might win a goddamn right. Emmy. Ladies and gentlemen, Stanley awesome, Cup champion. Guys. Thank you very host much. Host of That's Hockey Talk, Mike Rucker. Rucker. Hey, Thank you all so much for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Big shout out to all the guests. Shout out to all the boys. This is awesome. Hope you are enjoying your holiday season. Hope you're excited for 2022. I know we are. And I can't wait for the NFL season to continue to steamroll. We'll be back tomorrow with a feel-good Friday. Ty. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful. There's no Thursday night football. Thursday, December 30th. See you tomorrow. 